Yeah. Oh, hey, check your mic there. Oh, sorry. There it is. Because yeah. then now that the mic is on, we're doing a show. I've decided. Yeah, we'll just, yeah. Oh, well, we're doing it now? Yeah. It's, oh, it's going. Yeah. Is it a show? It's a show. It's a show. It now. can be a show. I mean, it depends on what you're into. What I'm into? Yeah. Uh, well, never mind. You know what? That's a really... I'm into podcasts. That's a rabbit hole question that... Uh, do, do you think that's a thing that people say on dates? Like, hey, what are you into? I'm into podcasts. It probably, yes. It probably is. It it's, probably is. It's 100% somebody's personality. Like, I know about podcasts. We do them. We just don't listen to a lot of them. But then there's the flip side of people that are now growing up. I gotta and say. And that's what they listen if to. If I now. didn't do one, the only one I would listen to is this one. Oh, okay. <laughs> On that note, welcome to Hollywood Anonymous. I'm Brian Irwin. <laughs> I'm John Huck. All right. Um, I've actually never listened to our show. I, I've, well, you you listen to it when you edit some things out that people want removed, right? There's no reason to listen to your own podcast unless you're editing it. I mean, we, I, I, or if I, you have I, a really forgetful memory, dude, which is like I do. I forget everything. Yeah, by the time this, po- I suppose by the time this gets posted, I'm trying to yeah, remember we'll have done what done the two hell more, we talked and then about. you're like, wait, who was where and what happened and. Um, but no, when I, when I was joking, when I said I don't listen to my podcast. Of course I don't. I, I did it. I was there in the oh, moment. Like, I don't need to. Like Pee Wee. I you lived ever, it, Dot. Did you ever? Do you like watching yourself perform? Not particularly. But you do. I will. And and have you ever? But so the, here's the next question, though. Have you ever watched when we were like, well, all right then, finally? Or are you always, always, always hypercritical of yourself? No, I mean I'm pretty critical, but I have seen some things where I feel I see sparks of possibly becoming a good or decent actor, if that makes sense. Yes. So, but but are you do, you, do you, have you ever watched anything you've ever done and go, well, I am pleased beyond belief. This is it. Uh, I was, yeah. I okay. mean, I will say that when I watched my death co, I was very happy with, and more so than like a performance issue, but when you do something that low budget and that independent, um, I was really impressed with how it looked. Like it looked like they shot that thing on film. You know what I mean? It uh-huh. looked really good. And then on top of that, with I, I don't know how they did it because these were a, a lot of these people are just people I didn't know, and it was outside of my my reach of like who I would ever cast in something. Uh-huh. But they got people who who literally I didn't have to do anything. You know what I mean? Like they Wait, were they acted for you. They, basically, they were all so good that you just like legit react to them and that was the scene like they were real like everybody that came in as a as a guest as a uh, new character or whatever it, they were all so impressive that it was like oh yeah i'll just do you'll act and i'll just watch you and i'll be like oh fuck that was isn't cool. that the jerry seinfeld theory i mean maybe right i mean maybe, it's yeah, like let everybody else just... do like all i i'll just keep being me you guys are hired because you're all the actors actors yeah. Go do your, th- go do your oh, well, thing and for, let me, uh, yeah. and let then, me and, bounce around. And to a point, that is what Seinfeld is, really. People acting around a comedian, you know what I mean? Which, yeah. which totally makes sense. And, and maybe that's what I feel my death co is. But like, that's one thing I look at where I'm, I'm like, I really, like, there are things I've done where I'm like, okay, yeah, these are good people. I can tell that people think it's good or people think it's funny. But to me, that's different than I think it's good or funny. Meaning like, People can be very supportive and very friendly and very nice, and your friends are going to say nice things, and your family's going to say nice things. So you kind of expect like the most positive thing they can say, you know, uh, without being complete liars. Like you know, oh, you look really sexy in that movie. <laughs> like no one's going to say that. But but I feel like 
on, on my own, like something I look at and go, ooh, yeah, I like that. I like that. I think my death co is is that. And I feel like I actually wanted to I kind of, let's bring in our guests. I feel like we're just we're sitting here, but I want to talk about something else. We have been yeah, we are. We technically you're sitting, I'm sitting. Our guest is sitting. We've been sitting for 20 minutes waiting for my coffee. Uh, oh, it makes me very long. special. It wasn't that long. First of all, now you make no. it sound like the service here at Old Huck Manor <laughs> is slow. <laughs> Not really appreciating that. By the way, speaking of, we've talked about the fact that the one time that the guy from um, Ogre from um, Revenge of the, Red Nerds. Of the Nerds owns, I, I don't know if he still owns it. There was a cafe uh, down the, well, I'd say about a mile down the road from the Comedy Magic Club. Uh, in Hermosa, and I remember going after being there one night, he- heading over there with my buddy Baxter, and we sat down, and he came over. It was just like, "Could I get you guys anything?" And we all kind of stopped, and we're like, uh, "We'll need a second. And then he walked away, and all of us were like, "I'm sorry, was that?" Uh... Wait, really? He owned a coffee shop? Yes. Oh wow, and I didn't know is... that. Guys, our guest today, yeah. the oh, uh, actress, comedian, producer, writer, director. Editor, I heard you say, I love editing. Right? I do, Which is I a love psychotic it. Thing to She's say. a do all, so basically, you're a showrunner. Sharon Houston, I mean, I everybody. Hope, I Sharon hope one day. Houston. Hi, everybody. Thank Thanks you for, for having doing, me on the show. Thank you for doing so it. So, yes, to, to, fin- to, to put a button on yes. that, it was 20 years ago, first off, so just to be clear. Um, and he was a little bit thinner because obviously he was a chunky, you know. Slobby kind of guy. And Ogre was a beefcake. He was like a he was but like bigger, a, but he wasn't yeah, as big. Yeah, well, like anybody, if, they, if you know, you just kind of you know, but he, chill out over the years. You know where I saw him come? Make, not, I don't know. I don't want to say make a comeback. I'm not saying he ever went away or that his life was. I mean, clearly he owned a cafe. He was a business owner. He's restaurant, doing some, restaurant, yeah, restaurant. Cafe, he's yeah. doing some shit. I think it's hilarious. He came out and asked you guys if you need anything. I would have said, so don't bring me any nerds! Because <laughs> he's probably never heard he's that. never heard that. that <laughs> I'm sure. Look, that, you want to do a Paul Hogan Australian accent around Australian people? Look, these are things, um, <laughs> just take it from me, social awkwardness. It's very hard to not do that. <laughs> oh, my God, it is. <laughs> it is, but you feel like such an asshole as soon as you do. You're like, yep, that's on me. <laughs> well, and, and being an older comedian, I also know that some of the thing, the shit that me and my buddies all thought was funny twenty years ago, you start oh. learning. You, you start getting into the, you st- yeah. the life cycle, right? Yeah. It was like when we were young, and like an older person said something, we were like, "Oh my god, no, we're over that." Like when old people were like, "Where's the beef?" Yeah. Like fifteen <laughs> years later, you're like, "Stop it, just stop it." I feel like we're not at some point. Stuff. I'm where's the beefing something in front of a younger yeah people, and they're like, "Oh my god." When is this person leaving with their yeah. eyes? Yeah, yeah, they're like, what are they talking about? <laughs> what is that reference? <laughs> Somebody Google it. Um, yeah, so anyway, I don't know what so we So you saw him on something. You saw Ogre? Oh, oh cap, those Capital One commercials. Yes. Yeah. He was oh, a, he that's was a, he was right. A, this when I did, I did two Capital One commercials, and they told me we don't like to repeat characters. So I had to shave and almost shaved my head completely to wear a prosthetic face for the second Capital One Act because they didn't want me to be recognizable at all. And then, literally, the next campaign they run is this Viking campaign where the same six dudes and the same six girls come back for, like, 900 spots. I was like, hey, you couldn't have brought me back for one of those? Like, oh. Turns out the answer is no. No, 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 the answer is no. They they didn't want it. But the guy who directed me uh, on the... Both those commercials also directed Pink Panther 2 with Steve Martin. Holy shit. Yeah. And I just worked with the AD from those commercials when I was doing locations for a battery commercial, like a European battery commercial, over across the street from the mayor's house. See? Oh, right over here in Windsor Square. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. 
The uh, right before but, Christmas. What's funny the way you way you said something about Ogre having a restaurant. I don't. I mean, I think the average person now knows wherever you live. Professional athletes retire and either get into insurance with their name on it, or they start selling cars with yes, their name. Cars, yes. restaurants. They do the Rocky thing, they, walk around. They do the restaurant thing. Are you looking at steak? Here's a story yeah. about when I got the shit kicked out of me by Thunderlips <laughs> in Rocky Three. But it's the same thing with actors. A lot of them get into another side business. Yeah, they open boutiques. Yeah. The, yep. the actresses open boutiques or like a you? soap shop. But yeah, you put you, your name on something. If you're okay with the quality of it, be like, yeah, now people run it, and I get like forty percent of the who's money. The, yeah. Who's the one? Is it Jessica B? Who's got the line that makes a vote like the health that's baby, a Jessica kid. Alba yeah the kid the kid health food line yeah the right? baby well it's, it's is it food I thought it was um I thought it was like baby wipes and sh- shampoos oh, and things like, like that baby products whatever yeah. it is it's doing really well it's like really you well. see that stuff you're like oh well, well good for you yeah yeah do it put your name on it license your name you Crust, know Krusty the clown the fuck out of it everybody Krusty <laughs> <laughs> you put your name on literally everything <laughs> Cheapened it. Well, I mean, it's so Crusty of the Crown is uh, Gene Simmons, then pretty much, dude. Kiss that's exactly what Kiss did. They're like, ah, what is that coffin? Put, put Kiss on it. <laughs> History will never forget the Kiss indoor football team, dude. Are you serious? Oh my god, that's how that's so funny because they were an LA team. They played like how, well, how long One was that season? season? Two se- or With the I Avengers or something? No, Wasn't they it? were, <laughs> yes, they were in the Avengers Endgame. No, no. <laughs> L.A. Avengers the, was the arena football team. Yeah. Oh, okay. Hello. And then, <laughs> I don't, yeah, hello, arena football fans. Where are you? I know you're out there. Fucking crickets. Like, oh, <laughs> never mind. It's like one just old Casey, man. And, just Casey Wasserman, and that's one, it. One old guy in the woods in Canada like, I like arena football. <laughs> and someone who's into, like, air hockey. That's Dude, it. Yeah. The NFL is such a trash fire. To have, like, inferior leagues is so laughable to me. I'm like, really? You're doing this, too? This By the sucks. way, I called it indoor football. That just goes to show you how, where my sports <laughs> knowledge disappears so far, after the top. So far, <laughs> old man over here has called them marijuana sticks while referring to joints. <laughs> Did trying to talk really? to his kids about it. Like, <laughs> hey, I don't want you guys doing marijuana sticks. Like, dude, I would have like, I would have, if that, if I was Tanner, if I was Tanner or Elliot, I would have looked at my brother later and gone, we need to kill dad. <laughs> this is fucking ridiculous. That's so funny because I have a house guest and I'm like, here where I keep my blunts. <laughs> well, now it's a very, now it's very much like, you can't, first of all, you can't argue that it's like alcohol's worse. Yeah, like, way worse. You can't work. And, and alcohol's been legal for how long? And it's ruined how many lives? <laughs> Two things. One, so you basically take your house guests on a, well, you're going to snoop anyway, so let's just have a pre-snoop tour, and you're just showing where everything is so they don't have to go looking for it? Like, no, well, it's most of my friends that visit me are in states where it's not legal. Oh, so you're like, hey, if you need a thingy, here's yeah. a... Yeah, like, don't go to the dispensary. I've got a whole thing here. Here's the candy. Okay. Here's the uh, the smoke, the, the, the flowers, and, uh, you know, ha- have a fucking ball. And be yeah. careful. Okay. Here's the cookies you can eat a lot of. Here's the cookies you should only have one of. I don't... Yeah. Uh, you know what? I don't keep those in my home for that reason. Yeah. These are good. I'm already high. I'm going to have five of these. So, <laughs> right. hey, everyone, where did my legs go? Yeah, okay. someone take me to Cedars. <laughs> so the only thing I will dad on to what you were just saying yes. is... No, 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 hear me out <laughs> because you know... Hear me big, out. I'm a, I'm a fan of the gummies now. I'm, I'm, yeah. on, I'm on team gummy. Yeah, team. So, <laughs> I'm on team chocolate. Yeah. So, but people, you're, you're also introducing that stuff to a whole new group of people that didn't grow up like you that, like... Slowly went from oregano to pe- pencil shavings <laughs> to, <laughs> to bad strains. Hey man, of there's rocks you know, in this bag. Yeah, yeah. Whatever, dude. Yeah. It weighed. Yeah, and, then, and committing crimes <laughs> yeah. to get it. Yeah, let's get really high on these pencil shavings and use the rest of the pencil to make a pencil tattoo on our arm <laughs> and get our parents pissed off. So, um, 
what I was saying was that they don't know how to control the consumption amount. So there is the danger of going and doing stuff and potentially putting people in harm's the, way. The edibles is where the danger yeah. comes that's, in. That's where the mostly. danger comes yeah. in, for sure. So they, they're really trying to get ahead of that. I'm sure you guys have seen billboards around town every once in a while where they talk about they're on bus high benches. driving. Is, I've is, never is. seen them. Oh, there's, there's these, there, I, have, I posted a picture once. It was uh, on the side of a bus bench, and it was just a picture of a marijuana leaf, and it said, this is your sign to not drive high. Yeah. But, I drive better but, when I'm but high. But get on the bus as fucked up as you want, <laughs> yeah, and true. let's have a disgusting, urine stinky party. But you may enjoy it because you're so fucking high. Well, because everybody's so crazy on the bus, so you, you know. You don't you know if it's Halloween. Every day you get on the bus, like, is it the 31st of October today? Nope. Everything is like it's but, humanity. But I'm going to tell you something about um, that. Uh, these some of these advertising campaigns. Stop trying to be fucking creative, okay? Ooh. If you don't know that, that, that is very controversial. No. Anti creativity, <laughs> Brian Irwin. Everybody. When it comes to talking to dumb fucking people, tell them exactly what they need to know. Don't try to be clever and like look at this marijuana leaf and like and like slowly bring them into what they shouldn't be doing. Wait, you're Just saying? Just be like, hey, piece of shit, okay? You're not really <laughs> smart. Okay? You've made a lot of bad decisions in your life. Here's one you shouldn't do. If don't don't take an edible and two hours later be high as fuck and get in your car and kill somebody. Just get to the point. Well, that's never gonna happen, okay? Because when you're as high as fuck after eating edibles, you're just you're calling an EMT. You're you're shaking. You're <laughs> yeah, in the corner. If, if you much. even yeah, if you're you not even getting get to your car, car, if you even get to your car, you're just looking at your keys. Yeah, absolutely. Is that is that reaction worse than smoking, or is it because how it catches it? It's it just sneaks very up on so it's so much and it gets in your blood. Yeah. That's how, well, that's when you when you when you uh, guys, thanks for helping me out here. When you really. ingest it like that, when you eat marijuana, it 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 has a longer, it lasts longer. Yeah. What's longer? Like how long do people freak out? It for? depends on like how much you eat, but be. it can be yeah. uh, it can be a very intense high for hours. Yeah, and that's <laughs> my, like I mean, my neighbors had some. I can't believe it's pot butter. And they were going. To, they were going dancing, and they got in their car, and they just stayed in their car all night. And then they went <laughs> back they inside. Did they dance a little they bit? Did not in their dance minds? at all. Well, I mean, their minds. Their, their minds didn't dance a little bit. There they were terrified. Some, I remember. I mean, there was a couple times when I was like, I told Eddie Pence, I was like, I'm gonna meet you at the Improv, and I got my car and I put the key in the ignition, and I took the key out of the ignition, and I went back inside, and I was like, I'm not coming to the Improv. <laughs> you know what? That's a, that's a guy who's educated enough to make a. Well, yeah. Not choice. only not only was I weirded out by my own car, I was also like, if I have to go and hang out with people, I'm gonna be a fucking. Freak. Cake, so right. I'm just gonna watch. But that's Simpsons. why I always wonder because I'm assuming the way you guys are talking, you know, at least someone who's high a lot. I wonder how they see the world when you're when you're if if that's the feeling that you're getting. Nobody gets that high all the time. Okay. I'm, I'm telling you right now, d- do too many edibles and then we'll talk. You will never do that yeah, to yourself again. I promise. It, oh, oh, great! That's like here, taste this. It tastes like shit. No, I don't no. think I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I think I'll. Yeah, skip. don't do that. Yeah, also, skip it. Skip it. Skip also, it. <laughs> yeah. Also, not not even talking about. Drug, drugs, no drugs, weed, no weed, whatever. Um, I think about this a lot. Like, we have no idea how each other perceives things. Like, there's literally nothing. Like, when you say table or chair, I go, yeah, I know what I think a table or chair is. I know I can look at a table and chair. We can both point at a table and chair and go, that's a table and a chair. Uh But, like, I don't know what you're seeing. I don't know if it's the same color. I don't know, like, and I know we've agreed these are the colors. Like, I'm just saying, everybody perceives everything differently. I think about that a lot too. Like, I start losing my mind. I'll go down a rabbit hole thinking about: Does that person see the same thing I see? No, they, I guarantee you, they don't in well, the same way. 
in the same way. We also, have to kinda. I mean, you can describe in, it to a sketch artist in, in if order to draw the same thing independently. Then, but yes. are you seeing what they're seeing? Sure, but when you see the sketch, you go, "Yep, that's yep. exactly what I'm seeing." The other person goes, "Yep, that's exactly what I'm seeing." And then, then we're seeing the same thing. Uh, if 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 you're seeing the sketch the same way, yeah, which you don't know if you are. But you're describing the scene. He's drawing the scene. You're, you know what I mean? Like, look. This is, are you guys trying to slowly trick me into a cult? Is this how you do No, 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 no. Is this no, how no. cults work? They not at all. Man. About this is just like an existentialism light, weird I'm perception just, conversation. And I'm just trying to help. I'm just trying We're to. We're having like, a high conversation while not high. This, maybe, maybe. Because <laughs> yeah. there, this, there, obviously over the weekend, Kobe Bryant and, you know, his daughter and nine, seven other people were killed in a helicopter crash. And it was, it's really... Like, I didn't even watch the NBA. It's not about that. Though. I did, but, and let me tell you. And it, I hated him as a player because... I loved him. Because you're not, you're a Laker fan. I'm not a Laker fan. Oh, okay. I went to go see the Mavericks play, ah. and I couldn't take my eyes off of him. Like, yeah. when you watch him live versus TV, you watch him live. Because I like to go see... I'll go see teams that I'm not fans of. Like, I went to Denver to see the Broncos because I wanted to see Peyton Manning, just sure. to say I saw him, you know? Sure. And it was literally like watching someone who wasn't human. I'm like, that is a space person. That is not normal for a human body to be able to do what he's doing. I mean, it was like watching the ballet among a bunch of fucking idiots. Like right, He made right. everyone look like an amateur, and they were all professionals. Right. I mean, I've never seen anything like it. He was so gifted. At the highest level, he played two levels above that. Exactly. And, and as, as someone who, you know, if I'm going to root for a team, I'm going to root for the Bulls, and he, he did some damage to that organization. He made them look like clowns, so it was really frustrating. Um, but uh, well, I would I brought that up for because oh, well, you were talking about you know how the oh we perceive. because oh so talking to my brother about because he was like what well, just it's just so weird because it's just so tragic his daughter was like in the face of the WNBA she was gonna like take basketball to a different level yep. he was gonna be there to coach it was like it was they they were destined to do this thing and, and it did not work out that way so like I was trying to explain to my brother like. He's like, man, you know, you really doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how rich you are. It doesn't matter what it's it's everyone's going to the least on your body comes up eventually for everybody. And then it's you, you got to give it up. You, there's no real negotiation you can do about it. But like I was trying to explain to him that like I was just trying to make him feel a, a little bit better about it. Like like I would with anybody like, yeah, it's OK to mourn the loss of somebody because they're not physically where you can, you know, see them or touch them or whatever anymore. But like. All the energy that's on this planet is already on this planet. Like when you, when you're done with your body, you're not like dead. Your energy moves on. You cannot destroy energy. Nobody's energy can ever be destroyed. That's science. You can't do it. So like you have, like it just gets repurposed. So if it's not going to be keeping your body moving, it's doing something else. But like when David Bowie was like, I don't know where I'm going next, but it's going to be fucking crazy. Like that's. It that bright light is everything. Just like you don't, everything around you is man-made. Everything, like except for like obvious nature shit, like you see trees, and grass, and whatever. But like everything, rules, laws, books, every story you've ever heard, pieces this of clothing, like this, yeah, podcast, this podcast. Like, no, this podcast is natural. This podcast came out of the earth. Mother earth. <laughs> <laughs> this is the well, this is the we we brag. This is the first all natural podcast. Yes. Yep, gluten free, <laughs> vegan. It's got kale but you know what I mean. Kale. So like, I, I feel like, and of course, I'm I'm sad for his family and for like this this city is different now. It feels There's like different. A hole in the city, and I've only been outside like five times since it happened. And I was at Runyon when I found out. Oh my god! That's where I was when Michael Jackson died too. But you could see the wave of people finding out 
on their phones. Oh, my God. It's funny you would bring up the Michael Jackson one because I feel like this has had a greater impact, and I'll tell you why. Because nine people died, and there were a lot of children involved in this. And I think that that, not only... And the the gravity of the fact that it starts with Kobe Bryant and then as it trickles down to all the other people that were on that... A wife, a mom, sisters. It starts... You you can feel it in the city right now where it has emotionally touched everybody in a different way. Does that make sense? Yep. Yeah. Because there there are people out there that are like, yeah, it's sad that someone famous died and died tragic. It's not the first time that's happened. Blah blah blah. Whatever. But it does feel different this time because mm-hmm. I think it's it's you at least in this city. Yeah, it's like it Nipsey Hustle times a thousand. Yes, it feels yes. very N- heavy. Nipsey Hustle, if anybody doesn't know, is like an icon in this city, and people really respected what he was doing for the community and where he had come from and how far he'd come to do what he did. And his death was j- it, it equally was tragic and senseless. Equally, and bullshit. As, yeah, no. senseless, and tragic, and 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 again, like if it had just been Kobe, maybe things would feel a little different. But like. It would still I be tragic. Would, of course, I'm not. I'm not saying that. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, you know, just the thought of like all those other fucking people who don't fly in choppers unless they're with Kobe Bryant. You know right, what I mean? They're right. not like, oh, usually I take a chopper from the OC. No, nobody <laughs> no, no, fucking no. usually does that shit. So, like, they're like, oh my god, we get to do this, and then they're like, oh man. And he did it every day. Yeah. Yeah. Every day. And the thing, it's really bad for the Latin community because, you know, he spoke Spanish. He's fluent in Spanish. Yeah, he's fu- and like Italian. born in Italy. They're taking a week yeah. off for his death. Oh, are they really? Yeah, Italy's taking a whole week. I mean, it is, I, I, I was trying to explain to this girl that I met from D.C., I was like, you know, Kobe Bryant died today. And she's like, what does that mean? I go, it means that L.A. is going to be a mourning for a very long time. Yeah. And it just feels different. And it's just, it's just really, it's, it, I didn't believe it when it first came on Twitter. I'm like, oh, someone's trying to fuck with us. Mm-hmm. And then when it was real, I still can't believe it's real. But it's, it's I mean, it just, it, he was such a part of the city and such a yeah. part of the heart of this city. Yeah. Which a lot of people think doesn't have a heart, but it kind of does. And he proved everybody, when people were like ah, as soon as Shaq's gone he's not gonna be shit and it's like dude not only was he better he also kept winning so it was like okay yeah like it was hard to deny as a player so yeah there's definitely a haze and a funk over the city a little bit yeah um, sure you know yeah. during the time of this evergreen show yeah but, <laughs> you know, but, <laughs> but it's also I think sometimes we talked about it before sometimes you have to time stamp stuff you know yeah well, you something know, as important as this, or and is people and changing. people are gonna—they know about it. They, everyone knows what happened. Yeah. It's like this one's a little bit different, but I'm, I'm assuming you guys are also starting at the point. You know, Neil Neil Peart, as I found out, it's Neil Peart. <sighs> yeah. Not Neil Peart, as I've been calling it for my whole entire life. But you know, when people like that, you're talking about David Bowie or people that Prince Tom um, Petty. Yeah. Prince Lemmy. Tom Petty. I'm starting, to, I'm starting to finally feel like what it must have been like for my parents as they that they're, they're everything Elvis, that they knew growing John up. Belushi, Jane F- JFK it, it for that. Okay, Martin. Luther Everybody King. starts yeah. disappearing. Everything that 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 connected to you in your early or in your, your early years, yeah, is go, is going away. And it's like, it's. I mean, you know, it, it happens in a, in phases, so you can kind of deal with it. But it's still a little bit weird when you list them all off. When and that's just what are we talking about? A couple years? Yeah. yeah. And we feel like, but 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 also like those what those people left behind too is something that is is not everyone gets to do. You know what I mean? Like that that's a pretty like you most people, the majority of us, when we pass away, that's that's it. You you really like there are two deaths. You die the physical death and then when people stop saying your name. Yeah. You know what I mean? In in the history books or at all. Or any yeah. But but also like again, 
That's okay because none of this means anything. And in 150 years, no one's going to remember anybody's fucking name from this time. 100%. So who gives a shit? Well, but the earth won't even be here. Probably not. It'll yeah. probably, have, the sun will have burnt out and we'll, you know, it'll be. Uh, Everything's going to catch on fire and that's going to be done. How crazy would it be if the only thing on earth was like David Lee Roth and like <laughs> a Van Halen cover band? So, Sharon, what, what got you interested in entertainment? That would be a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> We go from like, we're all energy, we're stardust. Look, life came from Mars anyway, Sharon. <laughs> How many uh, fart jokes have you written in the past year and a half? <laughs> I mean, why did we all get into entertainment? Because we were raised by our television sets. Did you say you're from here? No, you're No, from I'm from Miami. Miami. See? Okay. That's a rare, that's not a, that's not a common, I don't think that's, I mean, there's a lot of people in Miami, but I don't meet a lot of people like, yeah, I'm from Miami. Like, you're that's from true. Miami. No, there's a, it's like LA, a lot Jay of people Davis. aren't from. Right. Jay Davis is from Miami. Yeah. Oh, I thought he was from like Jacksonville or somewhere. Is he from Miami, Miami? He's very Jacksonville. <laughs> he's tired. All right, I just made it up. I don't know. He's a Dolphins fan, so I assume he's from Miami. So oh, am no. I. You can live anywhere in Florida and be a Dolphins fan. Right? That's true. Yeah. I was, those are shitty connecting of the dots, but yeah, you, know, was, that you was, tried. You tried. A, I also, a I like embarrassing, your, frankly. You're uh, thinking like the, there's like loyalty among Dolphins fans or something. Is there? No, I, my, uh, wife's, my no, wife's a Dolphin fan because she likes Dolphins. Really? Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, if, we, if, we're, if we're being honest, we bond over how much we hate uh, Stephen Ross. Okay. Who's that? He's the owner of the team, and oh, he's why it's a go. big piece of yeah. shit, and why the front office is miserable, and we can't get good players. And yeah. so, you actually gave a shit about sports growing up? Um, I did because I grew up right next to the Orange Bowl. Oh, you did? Yeah, so okay. my grandpa would always take me to games. I'd go to Hurricane games. I'd go to Ooh. Dolphin games. Now, I know. You. So close yeah. that you got, like, so close we that... We could walk. And so the, a lot of traffic by your house. Because there's oh, yeah, also college, right? They did, Or did they Orange Bowl only do the actual bowl games? Or did they, they actually... They did the bowl game. They did the they Super Bowl every there. year. The Super Bowl used to only That's be in Miami. True. I forgot about that. Yeah. And the Holy Super shit, when did they stop doing that? Like, 75, That's 76? true, though. The first, like, 10, 10 well, no, 12 years... the first years, one was here. The first, first one was, was here? here? Coliseum. At, at the Coliseum. Oh, okay. yeah. And then, yeah, I forgot about Packers, that. Packers, Chiefs. They, that's right. There was a big deal at some point. They're like, why is it always got to be in the same? Like, everybody else wants the money, right? That's right. Really the that was just so. income. It, that's what it comes down to. Yeah, yeah because but in February, where sense. do you want to have football? You don't want to have the Super <laughs> exactly. Bowl in Minneapolis, remember, but they do it. Remember when they had it in New York? It was a nightmare. People were like, what? What? Like, it becomes not a vacation fun it party. It, it becomes again. a fucking. Yeah, like you have to get hammered just to stay warm, not for fun. Yeah, you got to They got lucky on that one. I mean, could you imagine if it was just a, like the bad, rainy kind of cold? I like, can't tell you how, ho- how much I was hoping for that. Just like, oh, you guys think you're clever, huh? Having the Super Bowl in New York, you jackasses. In <laughs> February, you I mean, they did, it, they did it in Minneapolis because they had a dome. Right, yeah. they had a dome. You know, but my buddy went to that Super Bowl and, like an asshole, didn't bring a jacket. So he was outside. Because he was going to be in a dome? He was in six-degree weather. Wait, he goes, eh, the line to get in was a little longer <laughs> yeah. than I anticipated. I go, it's a fucking Super Bowl, dude. Okay. Come on now. now fucking idiot. Listen, yeah. to me, listen to me, everybody, and I need you to listen close, okay? And this is not just for you two. This is anybody that's listening. Everybody needs to get over, specifically men. It's okay to tie your jacket around your waist, okay? Don't oh, be afraid God. of your buddies. Here we go. Make it fun of you because Look. that's all he needed to do. And that's what he didn't want to do when he was there. I uh, guarantee you he didn't want to be seen as that guy. Counterpoint. <laughs> Don't be a fucking dork and tie your jacket around your waist unless you're in a grunge band in 1996 See, or you're, the, you're my mom. You're the problem. <laughs> but you're the problem. Don't not wear a jacket because you're a dick and going to have to take it off when you get inside and either sit on it or put it on the back of a chair. Be a human being. Yeah, I sit on it. Yeah. I don't See? even wrap it around my waist. I well, just, you but, would. You don't care. 
I, I I don't care, but why would I wrap my jacket around my waist? That's you weird. You want to carry it. Brian is literally. I can see you like walking to the bus stop <laughs> in seventh grade in Wisconsin with a big winter jacket tied around your waist. Like my fucking mom made me wear this stupid thing. It's like it's like forty degrees out. I don't need a goddamn jacket. Right. And then you walk inside the school and then you wrap it around your waist. Well, no, then you hit, put it. Oh, you can put it in your, your yeah, in your locker. I say always. Rent a locker wherever you go. <laughs> is that what it is? Okay. All right, John. A lot of places so, you, you guys can't are do weird. that, which I always thought was funny. So, like, I'm not renting a locker from these psychos. So back to Miami. Yes. Miami. Uh, how many, all the way Miami. through high school? No, no. We okay. moved around. Um, when I was 13, I, we started to move around because my mom had a gay boyfriend named Bruce. Okay. Uh, so we moved to Michigan. Why? What does exactly. gay Bruce want to go connect, to Michigan can, for? Just say, can you connect the dots of that? that, that? Story. Well, I don't know. She met him at like a conference because my mom and my dad, or my he was my stepfather, but they told me he was my dad. So this that's is, why I have the last like name Houston. Getting on the internet, and we're like going further and further down the rabbit hole. I love this. It's right, very so. weird. No, it's it's a crazy story. I've told it on other podcasts before, but I found out I was adopted um, by my stepfather when on I, accident. I, well, I just started asking questions because the guy was nothing like me, oh, and okay. I was like, something's not right. Who's not my parent here? Or you? Did you guys adopt me like fully? How old like, were you when you started going through that? Eight, and they didn't even <sighs> think to fucking tell me. They were like, let her figure it out. Oh, wow. Some people do that. That's very interesting. They they feel like it's kind of on you. I whatever. I'm not. I'm not judging your family. I'm just saying it's like. Please that judge is a, them. I judge them harshly. That's a common thing, though. It seems like a lot of them are like they'll figure it out. They'll, 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 when they year old kid. There are some people that just don't want to deal with it, and they're like, eventually, it, she'll ask, oh, right, and man. we'll deal with it then. Right. Instead of you know, uh, it's just it's it, yeah. So I figured it out, and I was like, something's not right. And they were like, well, we knew you were going to figure it out one day. That was the answer. We just didn't know it was going to be eight. Yeah, we didn't. Know you were gonna figure it out so young, <laughs> and um, and uh, so then my grandmother cracked open a high school yearbook and said, This is your dad. Oh, so you know who your real dad is? I do, and I okay. met him, okay. I found him, but I waited until I was 19. Did he know? Oh, he knew, uh, he signed okay. over adoption papers, understood, because he was living in Spain, understood, okay. Um, and then, um, so so she had divorced my fake dad, whose last name I have. And then uh, she met some guy at a conference named Bruce, and she's like, we're moving to Michigan. I'm like, why? We live in Miami. And she's like, I'm in love, and it's time for me to live my life for me. And she was also very young. I think she was 26 at the time. Holy shit. Yeah, I was an accident. I was a Ooh. high school accident. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you mean you weren't planned in high school? You were an not. accidental miracle. There wasn't, accidental there wasn't miracle. like two, two, two semesters in, in science class. One was opening a frogs. The other one was having babies. Yeah, yeah. well, I mean. There's you... a bag of flour. Oh, you got a real one. Look at that. <laughs> Yeah, they give you an egg to carry around. You don't remember the, the bag alive. of flour oh, thing? Like, no, this is your baby. You, you had yeah. a bag of flour. You had they to, like, did it with eggs, care too. for it. What are you guys talking about? Remember when they did it with eggs? Because at my eggs. high school, they did it with eggs. By the time it got to me, I was doing bags of flour. I had to carry a bag of flour around like a baby. Yeah, for like a home ec class, or they would have oh, like, yeah. All right, I never did those classes. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's I why didn't you have either. two kids, and me and Sharon are living our lives. Yeah, that's right, because we learned. <laughs> they taught us. Don't that do that. Bag this of flour scared the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to have any more bags. I don't want no bags of flour popping out of my wife. <laughs> yeah. Keep your bags of flour, doctor. <laughs> what do you think babies are? <laughs> bags of flour. Bags of fucking flour. <laughs> so, yeah, so, so, so we moved up to Michigan, and then that relationship didn't work out. So then we moved to Texas, because where he we was had gay? family. I mean, she, he wanted to have kids, and she didn't want to have any kids. Oh. So, Where does the gay part come in? He wanted to have kids. That's I just thought, always thought he was gay <laughs> because he had a gay voice, and oh. he always took us to see musicals. And his name was Bruce. And his name was Bruce. It could have been like that I Dana don't know, Carvey one straight sketch, guy named Bruce. Lyle the effeminate heterosexual. Everyone you know, thought Jaws he was gay. is named Bruce. 
Yeah, I did know that. Jaws, the the, the actual the shark is the Bruce, shark, yeah. the, the mechanical shark. They named him Bruce on the Bruce, set. Yeah. Well, so then he's go. gay. Okay. Well, yeah, that's why he couldn't swim. Yeah. Gay people can't swim. Gay people <laughs> cannot swim. There's so many things people what? don't know. The yeah. day the podcast <laughs> died, John said gay people can't swim. Um, <laughs> so you're in Michigan. So you're in Michigan now. So we're in Michigan, which I, I actually liked the people there a lot. And I loved going to cider mills, and I liked the culture, but it was just too fucking cold. I was miserable. You, were, but you were outside of where in Michigan? You were outside, outside of, of Detroit. Okay, so yeah, you weren't super north, but still, it is cold. It's cold as fuck. It's there. so cold, yeah. cold as fuck. Yeah. It's like Chicago cold. It's yeah, yeah. like constantly uh, windy and, and cold. Detroit, and but Detroit is like almost like a more barren, weird cold. Yeah, it is because it's like like whistling through like. You know, abandoned buildings and shit, and you're like, oh. it, well, it's coming back. I was just gonna say, I've heard Detroit is oh, yeah? not as bad. Is oh, that. okay. No, no, no. It's totally. It's having a, a renaissance right now. Everybody wants to move back to the city. Everybody wants to be met. What is it called? Metropolitan. Yeah. Yeah. They all want it. I mean, there's yoga classes in Joe Louis Arena. Like outside of Joe Louis Arena, there's a park called Riverside Park. Ooh. They're doing yoga in the park in Detroit. Same. It's like what? Okay. Same. Very weird. So um, hey, the, there's a conscious shift in this universe, guys. Get on board, baby. I was mean, it, was who Detroit? wants to live in the middle of nowhere? I like to live in the city, but I grew up, you know, I when I lived in Miami, in we lived nowhere. in Little Havana for most of the time. So that's very city. It's like Echo Park. So what would how would you describe your uh, Michigan life? It was I just felt isolated because it's not like Miami where you know all your neighbors and you're mm -hmm. always outside playing. And Christmas to me is the way Christmas is here. It's sunny and you go outside okay. and you ride your bike. And like Christmas with winter, like white Christmas, I was like, no, this is garbage. Yeah. How long? And uh, maybe I missed this during the conversation. How long did you? Were you there? Like two and a half, three years. And then what? And then Texas, because we had family there. She's like, I don't want to go back to Miami, so let's try Texas. Okay. You were like, at least to God, it'll be warmer. It was warmer. It was warmer. And I and I and I like my Texas family a lot. So I mean, I liked living in Texas. Were you, uh, you were like outside of uh, Houston? Outside of Dallas. Outside of Dallas. Um, but that sounds like that would have been by your senior. We just one more year of school. Soft Sophomore, sophomore year. Uh, okay, so you did have a... Because that's always tough on kids, right? It's like you keep leaving whatever it is you establish. It was bad. I mean, it, it's funny because I see how it, how my that dysfunction of like being ripped up and like, we're leaving tomorrow. Like, what? Are we gypsies? Like, what are you doing, lady? And uh, it, the benefit is, is I can make friends wherever I go. Like, wherever I go, you I can... You learned that as a skill. It's turned you yeah, into that. Yeah, it's a survival. Okay. Survival. Yeah. yeah, totally. But what... What sucks is when I don't see people for a while, I forget about them. And like, as an adult, I'm like, you need to, I make a list of names and I'm like, I need to text or call these people because just because you left doesn't mean you can never see them again. It doesn't mean they've disappeared. Because that's what my, my mom would do. Like, we would leave a city and I'd never hear from those friends or people that we Be met over. along the way. Yeah. Okay. But your life was done. Yeah. And, but I'm still friends with people I went to junior high with in Miami. So I've made a conscious effort to stay in touch with people okay. so that I can try to... Because this is the thing that people, uh, that people I think, don't talk about when you're adopted or when you come from a broken family. You don't know what it's like to have a home base. You don't know what it's like to have roots. So I have to create that for myself or else I'll forget where I'm from. You, know? so. you must relate to a lot of uh, army kids. I do, yeah. But they got to live in Berlin, I guess like, yeah, cool they probably they probably been. went to some pretty exotic like I'm not saying you Berlin can, is exotic, yeah. but like you know they got to go to Guam. Or, yeah. Oh, I was started stationed in Guam. My dad was in the you know we were in London and then we were in Berlin and then we were in Panama. I'm like, ah, <sighs> oh, I, I spent would love six that. months in the Galapagos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. I, I got to pet a monkey when I was eight. <laughs> Great America's now got a one one guy can camp there. Surrounded by turtles. Yeah, I mean, I forgot about the Galapagos turtles. 
Yeah. I want to go to that island remember, in Japan remember with when, the cats. Remember in a simpler time when those were our biggest issues in the world? We're yeah. worrying about what's going on on the Galapagos Islands. Whales. And we gotta, yeah. Remember whales, huh? Remember whales. Remember whales. God, dude, <laughs> literally, I'm sorry. I just quoted somebody who was at my house once. Who said, and, remember whales? Everyone was super drunk and all wasted. And there was like a bunch of us. It was after a punk rap party. And this one guy's girlfriend was like in the middle of everything. People were talking and laughing. <laughs> She's like, I don't Whatever happened to whales? <laughs> and I looked at her and I thought she was kidding. So I started laughing. I go, yeah, whatever did happen to whales? And she goes, no, like, what happened to them? Like, <laughs> we were like, going to save them? Now what? And I looked right at my friend. I was like, what? Is this a thing? Or is this a joke? What is this? And he was like, you could see in his face, he's like, oh, God, my girlfriend's an idiot. No, no. <laughs> Don't then, you remember the one Star Trek? Remember when Star Trek movies yes, became popular again? That's kind of what she and was they referencing. they had to save the whales in yes, one of them. Star Trek Spock 5. Gang. Or Star Trek I didn't four. watch any of the Star Treks. Star I watched Trek all the Battlestar Galactica. They, they tied wow. whales into saving the world, Nerd. right? I like them. It was all, whales save the world. So yes. Something about yeah, yeah, whales yeah. They had to the come world. back to save the world. So maybe, so she did bring that up? She, it was like she goes, well, they made a whole Star Trek about See? it. And then like, and I was like. Can I say something about the crew on Punked? For people I that you were say the crew on Star Trek. I was oh like, no, I, I I don't, I don't you got know your them. Own beefs? <laughs> no, just, <laughs> just say something about the list for a of group people of people that it. work their asses off and that are being abused on a daily basis by one of the showrunners. They are the, they were the nicest, greatest, most professional people. Still are. Yeah, They're, the show's back. Punked I, is back. They I just, tried to get on it and I didn't get it. They just announced it's on Quibi. I have a theory. We'll talk about that after. But I think if it comes back, that 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 wouldn't be an issue. Um, yeah, Did you, it's coming back to Were you on it the first time? She was an no. actress on it. Oh, okay. She came in, you came in in season four? No, it was five. season eight. Oh, you were the last season? I was the last season before this fake last season. Like, yeah. you know, they the last season and then they brought it back. I'm talking about the original run with Ashton. Uh, the original yeah, run? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eight. Yeah, eight. Okay, yeah season so. eight. The original run with Ashton, yes. Yeah. I was on so the last season. So that was the last, I mean, eight cycles of that show. Five years I was on that show. Had a... Ended up with an, a corner office in Santa uh, on, at the CNN building on the 14th floor, like overlooking the whole city. Like, oh yeah, this will be my life forever now. Yeah. And then like, show's done. Like, okay, can I still come to this office every day and <laughs> put my feet on a desk? <laughs> no. Ah, oh, shit. Well, you know that's why we don't work in the real world. When, when, and then, and that's the one thing we envy sometimes of the real world people is I that mi- I envy the that short, the short runs and the fact that all uh, tomorrow. They're like, yeah, this is done, so go get another job. And you're like, yeah, but I do it. And then you're left scrambling. It's double-edged, though. It's double-edged because sometimes you're on a show and you're like, this show can literally burn to the ground and I do not care. But you're getting a paycheck. So you can see the light at the end of the tunnel because you're only there for six weeks or whatever. But then you get on an awesome show and you're like, no, why can't this run for 55 seasons? I want to come to work like this every day. And you're like, you're done here. Get out. God damn. I worked on the uh, last season of uh, CSI. And if you think about it, but that show was on a long time, and it was a very successful show, which means it had money, which means everybody got stayed and was well-paid, and it was very comfortable. And I remember talking to everybody there, and they were like, they recognized the gravity of, of both of this because there's very few shows like that, both size of budget and the fact that you can live a comfortable life. And that goes on and on forever. And you know, your senior, you know, any long show you're on, your senior work base forever. Yeah. You know, most most shows don't last long enough for you to establish a ton of relationships with people. But that was one of them. I mean, they were appreciated. Like, no one was like, they were bummed, but they weren't bummed. Bummed if that makes any sense, because they also understand they it's had time. It, they had it good, and it's they had time. It good. and they had a run that n- most people don't have. And also, um, you know. Uh, the weird thing is, like, I thought about this when Seinfeld went off the air, too, because, like, those crews, 
Those crews are like together nine seasons, right? They don't do anything else. Why would they go do anything? They're getting all the money they need from a show that does 22 episodes a year. Everything is great. They got their friends. They can go out. They, they can take their vacations. Off. They got their weeks off. And then that show ends, which they all end. And then you've been out of the production loop for nine years. And then you're like, hey, I'm a, I'm a this. I do this. And they're like, what? That's a th- you do you still did that on that show and then now yeah, we it's don't like, do that anymore. We don't, first of all, that's not even a thing. Now we need you to run a camera, edit, and fucking write the whole script and be in it and yep. do hair and makeup and don't forget catering and and you're like, dude, what? <laughs> like now you're getting thrown back into kind of a different time because yeah. production is like technology; it changes year to year yes. and, and the, 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 how things get done and and people streamlining and trying to cut corners and trying to make more money for. Less, you know, trying to do less work for more money. It's just a, it's a big circle of fucking craziness. But, um, so you're in Texas. Oh, sorry. No, no, I just. (laughs) No, I'm in Texas, and then I, and then I, and then my mom left Texas and went to Virginia. But I was still in college in Texas, and then I. Where'd you go to college, Texas? Texas Tech. Lubbock, Texas. Is that the Horns? No, that's the um, Red Raiders. Oh, the Red River rivalry. Nope, that's in a different place. That's in a different place. (laughs) Uh, I know, I know a lot about core college football. Texas Tech is where Bobby Knight went to coach at the yes. end of his career after he got kicked away from Indiana. And also, did you watch his reality show? No. It was so good. Um, and then also, you Gross. guys had a, a a pretty well known coach for a while, but he got kicked out for being too abusive to the football team. And yeah, some some football player recorded him. I forgot his name. Mike something. Yes, he's still around, and and it, it, he's apparently like out of his mind, like very successful, but also like just. Brutal as a human being. I oh, that's, really? That's the word on the street. I oh, I'm sorry. Know. Are there uh, Mike Leach? Are, are Mike, Mike Leach. Yes. Are we lining up football coaches that work on a professional level, and they're all? Are, are any of them fucking worth knowing or talking to? I would say no. I no, absolutely. Only only not. Don hey, Shula. Let's not broad. <laughs> terrible family people. Terrible parents. Well, all their kids all are fucking. Yeah, their kids God, are fucking killing themselves them. and shit because they, they never got attention. I yes. Ninety nine percent of them are Sean. I think when you when you're that involved in sports and you're that high up, like all you can do is sports. That's it. Yeah. You shouldn't have gotten married. You shouldn't have had kids. You should have been like, I'm going to marry this sport. Yes. Well, they do. They talk about a lot of those guys just sleep in their offices and get up and like the, and and do the ground, which is completely unhealthy. But you know, you should yeah. Well, they even do that on the high school level. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. So there you are. You're at school, Texas. So at school, and then my mom moved to, to Virginia because she didn't like Texas anymore. So she does it, like the move. She loves it. She loves moving uh, to Richmond, Virginia, and well, then. But you stayed. I stayed in Texas, but that's when I decided to meet my biological father because the guy who I'd called dad um, went to Puerto Rico and married a 15 year old and brought her back. And he was 51 at the time. Yeah, it was Wait. gross. It was Li- gross. Literally? Literally. <laughs> Literally. And so I just had a freak out. How is out. that legal when you bring him back? Because that's you got married. You, your, marriage is, your marriage is legal in Puerto Rico. Yeah, and but Puerto, Puerto Rico is a, a U.S., you know, uh, what is it? A territory. It, yeah, that's a good point. So I don't know how he did that. It was like a mail order bride. And here's what's weird. I tried to accept it because I was like, I need to be accepting. I need to. And I didn't. But I and all my, the girls in the dorm looked at me like, is she going to literally slit her own throat right now? Like, is she going to just down a bunch what, of when drugs? You, when you found out? That yeah, because girls were in my dorm room with me. And I was like, oh, my God, you guys, guess what just happened? And they were like, are you OK? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. And I was <laughs> not fine. Um, and then I um, so I went home to Miami for Thanksgiving. And the first place I went was I wanted to meet the new step 
mom. Oh my god. Oh Who, yeah. You're at this point older than five. I'm four, nineteen. So you're she's fifteen. You're four years older than I'm four years older than my stepmom. And she would call me and she'd go, Charon is Ibet is your stepmother. She could barely speak English. So and he did not speak Spanish. So I go to visit and then I go to my dad's living in this apartment complex in Kendall and what I remember, I remember that his whole apartment was lawn furniture. Like everything was lawn. There was a regular couch, but then everything was lawn. Like the Holy dining room was shit. lawn furniture. Everything was lawn furniture. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And he was like, I want to show you a video of the wedding. So he pops in a video in the v- VCR. V- you guys remember VCRs? Hey, hey who's hey, with me? <laughs> is this thing on? Um, rewind. <laughs> be kind. Yeah, rewind, be kind. Throws in the thing in the VCR, and he shows me the wedding, and it literally looked like the, the venue looked like it had been through quite a few hurricanes. I mean, chickens, you could hear chickens, and she's wearing a yellow dress, and her parents are standing there, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And I call my grandparents, I'm like, can you please come get me right now? Which grandparents were these, of the real my dad? Maternal, or the, okay. My maternal, my real grandparents. Right. And then I said, can you please come get me right now? And they came and got me, and I never saw them again. That's, I mean, everything about that is wrong. And by the way, it does, it does. just so you know, there are still a few states here that allow minors to get married. Yeah. There to are. Adults. Yeah. Yeah. But we're we're more focused on controlling a woman's body than we are about more no, rational absolutely. things like maybe we shouldn't be um, legalizing. Yeah, fifteen year olds getting married. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's so gross. It's so gross. Yeah, well, yeah, you have a firsthand experience, so it had, just had to be bizarre. It was bizarre, and I was just like, "What's happening?" And the fact that everybody else was acting like it was normal that blew my mind. And then, um, but I never talked to my stepsisters again. Like they lived with us for a little while in Miami, but they were just gross. So I never, I just didn't stay in touch with anybody that came from him. And then I remember, you know, then I remember my my mother and my aunt being mad at me for not wanting to stay in touch. And, you know, I said, I don't want anything to do with them. Please stop asking me. But here, how many years did you actually have a, like, legitimate memory relationship with this person anyway? I mean, in, with d- my, in defense with my of your, dad? with your stepdad. With my stepdad. You know, he was the only dad I knew. But from when to, but no, when, how long did you actually live with him physically? Till I was 13. So, so from when you found, so for seven years. Yeah, for seven yeah, years. Sh- when but you had memories. When I had like, memories. Yeah. Well, he was there since I was like, before I was one year old. Because oh, my dad okay. took off right, as so soon as I was born. Years. Yeah, so 13 years. But like, I never, but I would always go back for visits, you know. Wh- so it was fine before state. that. Yeah. But, but yeah, he, he exposed something pretty... Well, pretty I, disgusting. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and he I, didn't think were... anything of it. No, and and the thing did is he ever reach out to you and ask you why you disappeared? No, but he did reach out to my grandmother and. Okay, well, sent... then why wouldn't he just reach out to you? Because he's a fucking pedophile, and I was the only one that had the balls to call him on it. And so he sent a box of all the things I ever gave to him as a kid and sent it back to my grandmother, and I didn't find out until I was at my grandfather's funeral. My grandmother told me because, by the way, just so you know, and I'm just like, why are so why why are secrets so popular in this fucking family? Wow, Our families love secrets, right? They Isn't love it, and but that's especially older generations. Everything was a secret. They loved yeah. It. Well, my grandmother was pretty honest. Here's a funny story about my grandmother, and this was before she got dementia. She used to watch Biggie Smalls, um, the video for. Oh my God! What's uh, Big regu- Papa? Not Big Papa. The one where they're on the boat. That video. I forget. The, it, it's it's not regulate because that's a warranty. Hold on. Are you saying there was more? There's only one video of a, a music video of people on a boat. Just with no, Biggie Smalls. With Biggie Smalls. Oh. So, I know what you're talking about. Everyone's wearing white, right? Yeah, everyone's like wearing white. Puff and Daddy's my, in it, and like yes. yeah, I know. What you're and talking my grandmother about. watched it over and over because she thought I was one of the girls on the boat. 
And she goes, I'm so proud of you. I saw you in that music video. I watch it all the time. I go, Grandma, I was never in a music video. She goes, oh, yes, you were. I'm so proud of you. Oh, my God, that is hilarious. She thought I was a video ho, and she was so proud of me. And I thought that was so funny. That is hilarious. Did you just let her believe it? I just let her believe it. I mean, I'm just like, it's not me. But she wasn't going to believe that it wasn't me, so I just let it go. She thought somehow or another you just didn't want to own up to the fact. Yeah, she's like, she's embarrassed because she's so proud. She's embarrassed. I'm just so proud of her. I'm embarrassed because she's a humble person. She's a humble person. She shouldn't want to admit that she was wearing a bikini on a boat with Biggie Smalls <laughs> and Puffy. But she thought it was so great. But, um, but yeah, like nobody wanted to be honest. It was just very weird. So you, you bail in Miami. You go back to school in Texas Tech. I, yeah, I go back to school at Texas Tech. And the then entertainment, was uh, entertainment ever an escape previous to that? Was, was that a part of where it all started for you? I don't know. It may have been because I definitely like, I, I definitely was a latchkey kid. I was definitely home alone a lot because my mom would, you know, work during the day and go to school at night. And then when she graduated from college, she only worked nights. She worked from 3 to 11. And I never wanted to be home with my stepdad because he was a fucking psychopath. So, because I didn't like him growing up. But I visited him when they divorced because th- that's what I was told be, I was supposed to do. You were trying to be a good person. I was trying to be a good person. Have you ever seen the movie Alice? No. And then they made a television sitcom called Alice. Oh, I remember the sitcom Alice, yeah. yeah watch the movie Alice. I feel like part of your life is literally... <laughs> Are you saying that I remind you of Linda Lavin? (laughs) Um, Should I get a waitressing uniform? I think I'm more Flo than Linda, but no, you'd be the you'd be the child in this. Oh, I would be the child in this situation. (laughs) Uh, but yeah, it was just really uh, weird. I tried to be the good person. So then when I got back to to Texas, I was like, it's time for me to find my father. And I made, you know, I did everything like the way a 19-year-old woman would do. You asked I, your friends in the dorm and they didn't know and you guys stopped? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's how a 19-year-old guy would look for something. <laughs> I need to find my dad. Hey, do you guys, have you seen him? Nope. Cat. Well, we tried. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. That's so funny. No, I I, I just, I, I, uh, I just bought like two packs of cigarettes and got a bunch of Diet Cokes and I just got wired and I started calling because this was back when like internet was in its infancy we would have to go to the library you're cold calling people Dude. Out of a phone book? And I, smoking no. indoors? Yeah, I was smoking indoors, well, that, which we were allowed to do in certain rooms at uh, University Plaza, and because uh, that's where I lived during the summer, because I was way, there for summer session. By the way, you just blew some people's minds, because I think it's w- been well over 20 years since you we were had, allowed to smoke inside. No, you dorms. could smoke inside in the 90s, man. Yeah, we had smoking dorms. Yeah, yeah. we had yeah. smoking dorms. But I'm just our... saying, like, if you're 20 years old right now and you're saying that, they're like, what the fuck How the fuck are you smoking? I know, they're like, Animals smoked inside? Like, yeah, and we liked it. Yeah, that's right. And we laughed. Yeah, when people someone. couldn't. We were like, look at these assholes, gotta go outside. Oh, God, we're healthy. <laughs> so there you are. You're at the library. I used to have a lit cigarette in my mouth when I would go swimming. We'd have big, big parties at the pool, and I, I was popular for doing water, really shitty water ballet, and I'd do it with a cigarette in my mouth. And people thought it was so hey. funny. Upside down, so it would stay slit underwater? No, no, no. I would wear a bow amazing. in my hair, and yeah, then I would just would do it, arm yeah. movements. I would yeah. keep it afloat, yeah. and thanks I'd everybody. do spins. Thanks, thanks everybody. What if she did flip it back <laughs> into her own mouth and just hold it in there, like, <laughs> go underwater Again, and then come out? That's some shit you would have seen on Real People, or That's Incredible you back in the 70s? You would see that. I remember this Real People. This man can smoke a thousand cigarettes. Why are we putting this on TV? <laughs> no, Is this a good idea? This man can eat 1,000 lit cigarettes, and you're like, why would you? That was bad. And they'd win like a Ripley's Believe It or Not. They'd get a certificate. Like, good yeah. for you. Dude, this man ate a thousand cigarettes. Can I ask why? No, <laughs> you cannot. No, but you can watch him. You can okay. watch him do it, or you can shut the fuck up. Because <laughs> right. change the goddamn That's show. incredible. That's, That's incredible. incredible. <laughs> and that show should be called That's Unnecessary. <laughs> like tonight on That's Unnecessary, man eats a thousand cigarettes. God damn, is that unnecessary? <laughs> and then they had those studio things where they're like, whoa, and then yep. they would cut to the clip. They're si- they're all sitting I on those mean, chairs. 
There it is, and, and it all turned. And, and, and speaking of things they don't talk about anymore, God damn it, if I don't remember when I was growing up, one of the things that scared the shit out of me they used to talk about it all the time was that they're like, can people just combust? Oh, yeah. Do you remember the... the yeah, the, the, human yeah. combustion. When that movie Scanners came out. But but they would they would always... Every once in a while, on the news, Scientifically, like, you can combust. Yes, and you're like... <laughs> then Spinal Tap came out, and they were like, our drummer's all combusted. And it's weird, but they've all blown up. But remember, it was a thing. Like yeah. It was like, wait a minute, you could just be sitting there, and your body just fucking dissolves? And, and we like, don't talk about it anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of Whales. a thing. It's kind of, maybe we've cured it? <laughs> I, uh, I maybe the combustible human thing. I don't know. Let's <laughs> ask the whales. All right. So you're so in. Wait. Oh, so I'm so I'm in Texas, and I start. I had to call uh, five five. Uh, I had to call three oh five 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 one two one two. Yeah. Oh my god. The information and, and I had to keep calling back because they would only give me three numbers at a time. Right. They could only give you so much because they obviously it was a time thing, right? They want to get you. You're not allowed to just. Yeah, you be, be the person in line that never gets off the phone. Right. I, I don't know why. I guess maybe that's why they did it. It is. Yeah, I yeah, was yeah. looking People for just every... Call and ask have for you numbers. ever met humans? Yeah. yeah I have. They're yeah, then you... <laughs> They're the worst. They're annoying. <laughs> I tried to ask for every R. Roberto and Robert Lopez listed in Miami. <laughs> wait, so wait. So what was his that's name? Why they his name was Robert them. Lopez. You were looking for every Robert Lopez in Miami. Yeah. So oh they, they were like, lady... Oh, no, that's what the operator said to me. She's like, you're going to have to call back. And yeah. I was like, well, here I go. Jesus Christ, you're like your own Rockford Files episode right now. Oh, the phone dude. Book to she investigate puts on the glasses. It. Yeah, I was like a PI. <laughs> a cup of coffee. <laughs> then after I, took, after I took that, then I take that off and put on my green visor, and I'm like, how much is this cell phone going to be? Cranking the light. I banked it all up. How many did it take before you... Oh, I had a legal pad with like three pages of phone numbers, and I, then, then instead of taking a nap or thinking, or you know, being a or human thinking. being, you did more meth. How the <laughs> fuck did you, you did all this in one day? No, she said I, diet. I did coke. it all in one night. You said diet coke, diet coke, and nicotine. Yeah. So wow. and then I just started like fucking calling everybody, but I wasn't, I because I was so emotional, and I was like, I have to fucking find this guy because I can't have a pedophile for a dad. And then um, it's a good, a good way to use it as a, as you know, motivation. Di- di- that, di- diet coke and that is your motivation. Mo- yeah. yeah, I don't know what is. Did you and also do push-ups in between phone calls? No, I should ups? have. I, no, I, I was, I, I was. I, it's not Linda Hamilton. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not looking. <laughs> She's not fucking fighting the Terminator. Terminator. She's trying to find her dad. <laughs> yeah. So I started calling people, and I just like left messages on people's answering machines. Oh my god! Imagine getting that. The wife checks. I think I'm your daughter. Yeah, like, yeah. Yes. What did you say? Oh, I was crying. I was like, oh, Hi. even better. Yeah. That's, god, I somewhere was like, there you are might people like, getting divorced I'm... over your fucking voice. Dude, here it is. Here it is. Right so now. many people. So let Lee want to do it. Let's play. Let's do role play. I'll no. be the answering machine. You're gonna leave your message. Ready? Okay. <laughs> Hi, this is the Lopez's. We're a wonderful, loving family. Go ahead and leave a message. <laughs> Um, hi, if you're the same Robert Lopez that was briefly married to, and I don't want to say too many names because then they'll find them and talk to them. It's, it, they went to Miami. Hi, Dean, you're my father. Please call me. Boop. <laughs> <laughs> it cuts off. Hi, sorry to call back. Uh, it's me again. Like 14 messages keep cutting off. You can like, reach me at 3 0 boop. It's oh, oh, God. So 3 0 oh, yeah. <laughs> No, I always joke that how many like Robert Lopez's came home and the wife had the shoe in her hand and she's like, Roberto. Who the fuck Jesus. is so? Oh, I'm I I don't know how many families I ruined. I mean, <laughs> so I, that's that's some determination though. Three pages of legal pad numbers. Yeah, diving right in, leaving messages on answering machines. How long? I was did like, it I'm gonna find this motherfucker. And, well, and? listen, when you tell a Cuban woman that she needs to, like, you, you, uh, I'm gonna find you, and are I'm you, gonna fucking find are you. Are you full blood? Uh, three, quarters. three quarters. I'm a little bit Irish. Enough a little to bit be Irish. terrifying. Okay. Oh, cool. Enough to be Another terrifying, terrifying fucking <laughs> Exactly. <bloodline. laughs> 
I'm also a stone cold murderer anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Potatoes. Example, Robert Kelly. He's also Cuban and Irish. Uh, We got fired. The comedian. Oh, you got fired? No, we have fire. fire. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And the the ability to drink a lot more than the average human being. That's true. Um, How long did it take? It took not long at all. I got a call the next day. No kidding. Yeah. Off off a a machine. Yep. I, it, it, I only and only one call. I left so many messages. Only one call, and I heard this "hello," and I went "hello," and he went "hello," and I was like, "Hello, <laughs> hello. this is not a recording." <laughs> yeah, I go, "Is this Robert?" And he goes, "Is this Jadon?" And I said, "Oh my god, I can't believe you called me back." And he goes, "I thought you thought I was dead." He said it in a Cuban accent, but he said, "I thought you thought I was dead." I Wait, goes, that was, a, that was the think, pact. That was what? the first thing he said to me. I why thought you thought I was dead. Is that what your mom? I don't know what was him. said because nobody will fucking tell me. Uh, well, but again, they're both high schoolers at the time, right? So whenever yeah. this all went down. Yeah. And then <coughs> he just said, when, when I started calling my stepfather dad, uh, he, my mom was like, well, do you want to adopt her? And then he, she reached out to my dad and said, my biological father, and said, she's calling this other guy dad. What do you want me to do? He goes, just tell her, tell her, just I'll sign over the adoption papers, tell her, tell her I'm, I'm dead. dead yeah. But they didn't tell me he was dead. They didn't tell you anything. Well, yeah. They didn't tell me shit. <clears throat> and then when I figured it out, they were like, oh, he's alive. Well, okay, but can I tell you, would you have wanted them to tell you that he was dead? That's just now, one more layer to... I don't know. Here's the, here's the crazy thing. So the, the, the end of the story is... He stopped saying hello and you finally talked. No, I met okay. him. And okay. then we looked just like each other. All right. That's and weird. it was weird. He had a bun like that on top of his head? <laughs> well, he did. He had a bun. Uh, he, wear, he had tits. He wears yoga <laughs> pants? <laughs> he wears yoga pants. <laughs> no, but we looked just like each other and we acted a lot alike and we'd never met each other. It was fucking weird. Oh, my God. That's got to be so weird. It was so weird. But then the other thing is, is he hated me. Like, he was like, you can't hang out with homosexuals. They're going to hell. All this other crazy oh, shit. Oh, he was anti-everything you were fucking okay with. Exactly. I took him to a comedy club because I told him, I said, I think I want to do stand-up comedy. Because there's a comedy club in, in Lubbock called Froggy Bottoms. And so I would go there and watch the comics. I'm like, I think this is what I want to do. Because I was a theater major. And I was in all plays in high school. And I won awards and all that bullshit. But I was like, I feel like I don't want to say other people's words. And I love making people laugh. And I knew I wanted to be a comedian. So I'm like, let's go to a comedy club because I think this is what I want to do. And he, so we go. He fucking heckles the feature. Oh no! Oh and, no! And the whole time he's saying to me, "I'm funnier than that guy." Oh no! I'm funnier than that guy. And I'm like, "You're not funnier than that fucking guy. You're not funnier." Oh my! So God. he didn't like the headliner. I think the headliner might have been somebody who's famous now. I mean, it might have been George Lopez. And so uh, it, anyway, it was just so weird. And I was like, "This guy's a fucking douchebag." Um, so, but before I met him, he called me, he's like, listen, I want to ask your mother if I can meet you because I was a son of a bitch when I was with her. And I said, I heard, I heard you were a real son of a bitch. So let me call her and ask her if it's okay. So I call her. She's like, oh my God. I said, guess who I found? And I said, he wants to call you to ask your permission to meet me. And she was like, sure, he can call me. Well, I, so, so he, she got, uh, he got her permission. He came to visit me in Texas. It was fucking terrible. And then I did spend some time with him uh, in Miami uh, when I was visiting my grandparents. It was not fun. And then I found out behind my back they had been talking to each other. And then they fell back in love. Oh, no. And he, this is the gross part, but also kind of sweet. He left his third wife to be with my mom. So he left his third wife in the middle of the night. He packed up a fucking <clears throat> U-Haul and left a note. Took his son, because he's got two kids from two other women. I mean, what a gem. Wow. Yeah, and then left in the middle of the night and just left her note, which I didn't find out that that went down like that until 
uh, until my little sister got older, my little sister Vanessa, who came from Susana, who's now dead. She died of cancer a few years back. But then I started to develop a relationship with Susana, with Vanessa's mom. And then that's how I found out how shit shook down. So he just left in the middle of the night, packed up a U-Haul, took his kid, because his, his second kid's mom lives in Spain. And then he just went to Virginia to live with my mom, and they've been together ever since. <coughs> wow, they're still together. Yeah. So do you, wow. do you visit family? No. Okay. No. I, I, I'm trying I, to figure out what drove you to get into stand-up. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We really yeah. haven't gotten into that. Inspiration yeah. to need laughter, <laughs> just out of curiosity. Well, now you know. You know, it's just, it's one of those things where it, it, it was just definitely like a less, like I tell my friends, I have friends that adopted kids. And they're like, we're going to introduce them to their birth parents like right away. And I'm like, don't fucking do that. Let them have therapy first. I tell everyone, I'm like, if you want to find your parents, it's great because you do find out um, like genetic stuff sometimes, but sometimes they won't tell you. Like I found out that my father never met his father. So I tried to find his father and I, um, the same way, the same way, but a different way. Cause now I work in TV production. So I have friends that have Lexus and for the audience that doesn't know Lexus Nexus is a thing you put in somebody's name and the city they're in and you find out not only everything about them, you can get their driver's license number, you can get their neighbors. Because that's how on talk shows you get guests. Like, especially on Dr. What Phil. What is LexisNexis? It's like a program that's tapped... It's that very you pay, expensive. It's a, a, and you, so you pay for it, and they are, they're tapped into all of public information. Correct. And I think that the only people that can really afford it are networks and production companies, like big companies, because it's very expensive. And you have to take a class to learn how to use it, because it is kind of a tricky database. But I t- tried to find him that way through friends. I'm like, can you look for this guy? So this is years, years later. Yeah, this is this was like five years ago. Oh, okay. Uh, but because my because my, my were you my, just looking to be let down more in your life? I'm not quite sure. I wanted why to you're find s- I wanted to find him so that my I was in hopes of my biological father understanding what it's like to meet your dad, and then maybe he wouldn't be so shitty because he was really shitty to so me. So you too. really haven't fully let go of this. Uh, no, I have. Like. I no, I have. Now I you have. Oh, now I have. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I have. But and I, I don't mean that. I'm not being condescending. I'm actually saying it sounds like you have your issues, but somehow or another, deep down inside, you're still seeking resolution of some sort? I was, and then I couldn't find him, and then I realized that you know, you can't really change somebody. Even if you try to make an impact on their lives, you can't change them. They're going to they're gonna be who they are. And then it's up to you to decide, do I want this person in do my I, life? Do I want to accept this and be okay with it, or am I moving on? Right. Yeah. yeah, and to kind of go back and be very Huckian about this, as to where we started this, though, it almost kind of seems like your life played out for the better. Because it doesn't sound like it would have been a good life if, you had, if your parents stayed together. And as shitty as all that other stuff is, it seems like that was probably your best path to get you here today. Oh, 100%. Sound? Okay. Yeah, I, totally. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't, I, you know, I don't feel bad for myself or anything. I just, I like, I tried, I, I was born into a family that t- tried to, you know, that ripped itself apart. And then I tried to put the pieces back together. Uh, the puzzle was fucking ugly. Yeah. So I was Some like. Some of the pieces were swollen, didn't fit quite right. You got to smash them in there. Yeah. And then I was like, you know what? This puzzle's fucking gross. I'm going to do my own thing. You're like, oh, my God, this puzzle turned out to be a picture of a butthole. Ew. <laughs> so you decide you want to do comedy. Your dad kind of wrecks d- oh, day one for you. But then what happens? So then I, so I'm going to, so I transfer schools. I go to school at VCU. What is that? 
Virginia Commonwealth University. Really? So you did go to, you eventually, hence the reason why I you brought up Virginia. So you did go out by your mom. Yeah, I did, because I wanted to see what it was like to live with my biological parents. I was like, oh my God. It's a gonna family. Be, it's going to be a family, and it was awful. Which are a lot of families, by the way. That's awful. I didn't know that. Yeah. I yeah. thought everybody I had it good, but me. Yeah. No, some of them are shitty. Not mine. I'm not, I'm definitely not saying mine. I'm <laughs> okay. just saying. Thanks for clearing that some up. Some families are garbage. Your mom's yeah, some families are garbage. Like, oh, thanks, John. No, thanks. she knows what I'm talking about. We come from a town where there are plenty of garbage families. It's uh, yeah. not like I'm fucking no. saying anything that. Yeah. People don't know. But yeah. I always think, you know, when you're an only child, oh, I was raised an only child. I mean, I had my stepsisters lived with me for a little bit, but like, you know, you tend to isolate and you think you're the only person. That's why I thought when I started going to therapy, I was like, am I a narcissist? Because I think I'm the only one going through things. She's like, no, you just don't talk to people. So, you know, you need to, you know. That's what therapy is. That's what therapy does. It allows you to talk to someone yep. about whatever you want to talk about, which, however you feel about it, is beneficial. Saying things out loud, getting them to come out of your mouth hole, not just being in your own head and being like, am I fucking crazy? Are they crazy? Are they calling me crazy? Do they think I'm crazy? Saying shit out loud is important. It's important when you're a performer. It's important when you're a human being. Yeah. And and therapy, like I like I don't I've never really necessarily gone, but I understand full well the benefit of being able to just Fucking spill your guts and have no one judge you for it. Well, yeah, so you use the podcast. For it. That's podcast what I use the podcast for. Well, they also kind of like I did. I never knew what the true definition was of a narcissist. Like when I was in therapy and I was, I was telling her all this stuff about my family, and she goes, uh, she walks over to a bookshelf, she opens it up, and she goes, "Read that." I go, "Blah blah 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 blah." She goes, "That's that's what you're dealing with. You're dealing with a narcissist." I was like, "Oh," because my biological father is definitely like. A nar- I think both my parents are, but I don't even. I'm not even going to bother diagnosing them because I don't care but um uh but yeah but i but i wanted to find my i i just wanted to find the grandfather to see yeah where did this all go wrong but my my uh father's mother my biological father's mother lily she passed away like six years ago uh she would never tell me anything about him and when i would ask her she would get mad and hang up on me i'm like tell me about eddie medina and she's like i don't want to talk about it click and he was a musician so i went down to the musicians union on vine and they didn't have any info on him and then that happened in a rockford files episode once where they had to go to that same place so you are, you are like the rockford yeah, files yeah you're yeah. a fucking james garner dude i was i was like pi i was i was just i'm going to find this motherfucker and he, it, she said the last i heard he lived in sacramento so i tried to find him in sacramento and i fa- got a bunch of phone numbers cuz a friend hooked me up on lexus which they're not supposed to do, so I will not reveal. Fuck no. Um, you just did, but continue. No, I, I didn't, say didn't say the name say of the name, person no. or the show. But uh, <laughs> Steve Jenkins, watch your back, because we're not going to say your name. <laughs> so, uh, and then I called, and most of them were deceased, because I kind of looked for, like, a ballpark when they were Age, born. like, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, because she was, like, 78 at the time, and so I was like, well, maybe he's, like, between 78 and maybe he's 90. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Because yeah. she used to go to the clubs and party. Yeah. And she banged a musician and got pregnant. There's yeah. Al Pops, my dad. So, you know, I don't know. Was, but I couldn't find him. And then I was just like, why are you putting so much effort into this? Like, yeah. you, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, there, especially when you have a parent who is uh, radicalized by Christianity, Ugh. you can't break through that. Fuck. Yeah. So he became like a born again Christian, and I feel like that was to so he could live with all the shitty things he did. That's exact to me is why a lot of people do it. It's like I've been a real piece of garbage. You know what? I like God now, so 
forgive me. I'm good. If the it's, Lord forgave me, you can forgave me. Well, that, guess what? I ain't Jesus. Yeah, I'm <laughs> fucking here. Yeah, I can I'm I can real. forgive, but I can't forget. <clears throat> I love though that people in prison do that. They'll I, they found God in prison. Yeah. Yeah, you got nothing else. They had no no other books to read. Yeah. <laughs> like. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess it's like a a human survival mode yep, kind it is, of a thing. It is, it is, and 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 honestly, I have like I'm, I I don't mean I would I don't want to come across like I'm shitting on it in the sense that if 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 religion helps you get through a day or be a better person or live your life in a way that's helpful to other people, by all means, right? Believe what you want to believe, <laughs> but if you're out there cramming that shit down other people's throats and making and telling other people how to live that's self-righteous that's behavior. self-righteous crap and that to me is is garbage you know right what I mean? and that's like, what all those fucking uh, televangelicals oh do. yeah they're all full of shit i They're mean that's so all that's a, it's a money-driven organized religion is a money-driven business and mm-hmm. and it has been for fucking what's, one of, rich, what's, 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 what's one of the richest and most powerful corporations it's in the, the catholic church dude yep. it's the catholic church they Bunch need of to be taxed and, and shut the fuck down so agreed so I'm still trying to figure out how you got into comedy, uh, but <laughs> but you know we may eventually figure out what your motivations were. But what if she was like, really? I never got into comedy. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm only into what. tragedy. So there you are in Virginia. Now tragedy. you're so. Oh, so it, so then I is I, that where I'm you going? Ch- no, no. I, I I used to hang out at the clubs there. It's the first time oh, I, I saw I, Andy Kindler. Oh, well, that's where I want to ask you. Who were the comics? Like when you went to this other place? Because it sounds like a smaller club. Yeah. And you say this maybe it was George Lopez, but like yeah. But what was who were the, some of the other comics you looked at that you were like. And not in a sense that like, oh, I see what you do and I can do it better, but in a way that's like, oh fuck, okay, I like I like this and I think I could be up there and get my points across in such a way. You, you know, know what? I didn't hang out there enough or pay attention that much. I just loved what they were doing and I loved laughing. And I was like, this is such a great form of expression. And I just You like the whole vibe of it. Yeah. And yeah. I was always the class clown in college and high school. And like I was always the one that everybody thought was funny. And I was the funny girl in the plays. And I just was like, this is what I want to do. And but I didn't hang out there enough because I was also a DJ, KTXT, Lubbock's new music source. Oh no. We've got ourselves. Oh. Oh no! Person in Man, this is going to be a nine-parter, everybody. We're going to have radio years with Brian Irwin and Sharon Houston. Yes. Brian mentions his career in radio once a show. Yes, well, actually, I mean... let's, can I clarify that? John mentions my radio career. Seventy <laughs> percent of the shows, thirty percent of it, I tell the truth. So, well, what, where was that station? Uh, in Lubbock, Texas. In Lubbock, KTXT. Texas. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, what did you do there? You just a, I was a DJ. Like I just a, had a little. I had a little like three-hour show. show mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, called Artist Spotlight. So did you, you play all the because you like a lot of eclectic kind of. I do, but they wouldn't let us do that. So it was you're a, like, it's the Go Go's. No, <laughs> I I let. They, that's why I did Artist Spotlight because I got to choose the artist uh, because they ran it like a CHR station. You know what that means, right, Brian? Yep. CHR is that Contemporary Hit Radio, uh, and we had a schedule and we had to play certain songs. And we all fucking hated the station director. Yeah. We were like, "That dude's a douchebag. We don't want to play Paul Abdul. What the fuck hey, is going two on?" Two steps forward, one step back. I now. mean, but it was a college station. Yeah. You should be playing like Hoodoo Gurus and yep. experimental shit. Husker do, Husker do. Uh, Come on, I, you're the only other person I've ever used heard use the Hoodoo Gurus. I love reference. the Hoodoo so, Gurus. So yeah, so I got. I, I played it. I, I switched. Uh, we radio talk. I switched. <laughs> I helped a station in Milwaukee switch formats, and I oh. snuck the Huda Gurus in on there. Good and guess for what? You. Once they eventually switched over and then went more formatted, guess what? Never played again on that radio the station. Huda Gurus. Huda Gurus. Because they don't like Australians. But I got it on the radio. Good. Yeah. I played on commercial radio because I also did college radio. But I got it on commercial radio. That's anyway, fantastic. So it sounds to me like 
you even so along your journey acting, talking on a radio, like you're like obviously that's something that you you were destined to do one way or another. Yeah, I was destined to do some kind of a. You, thing, a solo thing. But then I, when I was in Richmond, I would go to watch all the shows at Richmond Comedy Club. And, and, um, and the, the comic that like, I was like, oh my God, this man is a genius was Andy Kindler. Nice. And what's funny is me and my girlfriend were in the back and we were laughing hysterically. We're like, this is the funniest comic we've ever seen in our lives. He's bombing. Yeah, he he hates everything, and he doesn't care about the situation. He'll just rag on everything that's going on. Oh, my God. And I'm like, how do these people not get him? I was dying. Is this... Late nineties, midnight. When is late? Uh, late? No, this is mid nineties. Mid nineties. Okay. And I was, I mean, it, he was so fucking funny, and I was like, oh, that's it. And then I made friends with him, and I'm like, I'm gonna come to New York one day and be a stand-up. He's like, yeah, whatever, kid. <laughs> and then a year later, I moved to New York, and wow. I, he was at Caroline's. I'm like, hey, I'm gonna come see you at Caroline's. And he's still like, has what? not done stand-up yet. I had not done stand-up yet. So you decided your I first time to do it. I was taking a stand-up it. class. And did you, uh, where did you take that in New York? Yeah, New okay. York Comedy Club with uh, with uh, Lee Lee Harvey Oswald. No. Yeah, hilarious, everybody. <laughs> he's so funny, <laughs> Junior. Oh my God, why am I forgetting Lee's last name? He's friends with um, he's friends with um, oh my God, he's friends with Zoe Friedman, and he's really fucking funny. But this is his comedy class. This is why I always right. said everybody take his comedy class. As soon as we start, he goes, "Listen," he goes, "You're gonna be playing shitholes." And you bring her shows and some bullshit for at least 10 years. So if you're here to think you're going to headline at Caroline's, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. And we good were advice. Like, yeah. Very good advice. Because I would have said 15 to 20 years. Yeah. You're going to be doing fucking dumps. You're going to be fucking. If, well, like, it was 95. So, uh, you know what I mean? It, yeah. it was it was 10 years. Now it's 20. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and back then, too, that comedy was on a down, down, no, it down was not. swing. No, I was part of that alternative comedy movement. Oh, that was. I got written up in the Wall Street Journal. Like me, the Squad The Stock Brothers. Market and Comedy, everybody. Yeah. yeah, but the clubs weren't hopping yet, were they? No, the, no, the clubs, clubs were no. not. I'm talking about oh, that yeah, whole. Yeah, yeah. The clubs were, were all shutting down so the, in the, in the mid 90s. Yeah. And like, yeah, yeah. But, but uh, then their bar scene, and like, the, like you say, when you say alternative comedy, though, I, you just mean taking it out of the traditional yes. comedy club. No, scene. I don't. I mean, like, you the mean weirdo like freak shows that a comedian on, would go on every three. Around, yeah. yeah. Like, I watched a girl. Uh, she uh, she painted. What did she do? Oh, yeah. She took a Snickers bar, covered it in lube, and shoved it up her snatch. And then she started screaming, consumerism is in my cunt. And then danced around the stage. Now, these Those are, are the your, shows I did. These are your open mics. Yeah. These were the open mics I went to Interesting, in interesting. Because mine were like, hey, man, what if Hitler was your dentist? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Well, this sucks." <laughs> but now you're ta- you're saying Snicker bars lubed up, shoved into vaginas. Uh huh. Yeah, that's. I that's, saw a lot of weird shit. Yeah, that's interest. that's some deep alternative stuff you going on. Yeah. Interest. Yeah, that's I'm curious. I mean, that's listen, deep, that deep. lower. That was side your first show. Was, no, that oh. was just the show. Because I shows was like, I, I want to get into stand up, but there. <laughs> that's the first thing you see. You're like. Maybe not. She's like, consumerism is dead. And your next act. <laughs> oh, no. First no. time on stage ever, ladies and gentlemen. Probably going to tell you some yuck yucks right now. Help me welcome to the stage. Sharon, you still here? Sharon? <laughs> Sharon. Just Hello. Cars, screeching <laughs> tires. It was a mixture. Like, all, all of us that did those rooms a lot. Brody did that room all the time. Uh, Victor Vernado. Uh, Zach did that room. Victor Vernado? Where, where did that guy go? He's in New York producing. He's doing oh, great. Oh, good for him, I, I keep man. in touch with him. I have not seen him for a very long time. Yeah. Yeah. I love that guy. Yeah. He's great. He used to be in a lot of commercials, I feel like. Is that, is that wrong? 
Yeah, that's wrong. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think he was in like a couple commercials. Oh, I always think anybody was in like a couple major ones. I'm like, I saw him all the time. Oh, well, my friend Eric Kirschberger, he was did, did stand up, but then he started working commercially and kind of stopped doing stand up. He was like the voice of one of the M and M's Ooh. for the M and M campaign. Like he's out here a lot. Like he books so many fucking campaigns. It's yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah good there money. are people yeah. like that though. There are people like there's that. still people. There's st- it's still out there. It's not still, like it used to be. It's not. It's not as prevalent. It's not as in your face. But there are definitely guys. That you know, I know have gotten work, started working in commercials in two thousand five or six, and really have not stopped doing commercials. Yeah, well, I when in my old my first apartment building that I lived in here in L.A., I had this model that lived across the way, and she and her boyfriend, both models, but they booked a lot of commercials. She's like Sharon. Let me tell you what it was like in the early nineties. Yeah, I bought nine houses. Yeah, like they literally would just go to their agent's office and just sign checks, stacks of checks. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. I mean, crazy. Way, oh, I can't. Two thousand. I started getting into commercials. Two thousand five, two thousand six. That was the, the tail end of all of it, and it was like the, everything I would hear on set was, yeah, yeah. Was, they would. I did a Lennox heating and air. They sent a limo to pick up the spokesman. Oh this my guy God. was on set for thirty minutes. Got a sweet meal. Got a huge paycheck. Took a limo home. Meanwhile, I'm like, ah, ah, this uniform is. Cutting into my ball sack, it's too tight, and they're like, "Well, we don't have money to fix it, so fucking guess you get your ball sack cut off." Like, okay, Jesus. But like, the difference was like that guy was grandfathered in, basically of like, we've already given this guy a contract. You guys are new. This is a non-union spot. Piss off. You know what I mean? So, right. But like that kind of thing, I did a lot of non-union when I first started, and there's no, I mean, there's a, a chunk of change there at the beginning, but right. then nothing after the fact. You right. Know? It's just a buyout. Yeah, it's a buyout, which is when you're a younger person, you're like, yeah, 10 grand, fuck yeah. Then you realize like 10 grand is like three fucking months of rent, yep. maybe. Right. And then with all my other bills, no. Like, it's like doesn't it doesn't really. No. And they, they're doing more and more non-union commercials, like to where the it's unions have really, the organ. It's really. It, it, it is so fucked right now. It's so rich get fucked. richer, rich get richer. Everybody yeah. else stays down in one area. It's, hey, it's crazy. Uh, uh, We've um, been talking for ten hours. Yeah. No, no, no. Actually, we haven't. But um, a couple things. So mid nineties, that was the transition years of New York City. If yep. I because I used to manage bands. Another ding, ding, ding. ding. Oh, look at that. Band Anybody manager. I know? And I remember the first. Well, uh, uh, the Guffs and Citizen King. They the Citizen King was on Warner Brothers. They had the I've Seen Better Day song. I remember that. that. The Guffs uh, never had a hit, but they were on Atlantic Records. But the, everyone knew them, though. Well, you know them because you're from Chicago. That the, could be. Um, yeah, uh, both know. both good bands. They they you know, but again, it, that, that doesn't equate to necessarily success. You know, as we right. all know, same thing in our business. But um, that was those were the transition years because I still remember the first time we rolled in to New York and we're st- and and I was like, what the fuck? I think at the time there was a garbage strike. And they hadn't. I remember full, the garbage and they strike. Hadn't fully cleaned up. Oh um, wow! If a I, Times Square yet was still a little bit shady. Yep. This oh, was no, in the no, process of that. The nineties Times Square was literally you get stabbed. Just yeah. Like, it was like just when a I different first moved there, I could yeah. get stabbed. And then when I right before I moved to LA, I'm like, oh, I can ride the subway any time now because Giuliani cleaned it up. So the only reason why I was America's that, mayor. Yeah, yeah right. that what a piece of shit. Fuck that Everybody guy. Yeah, no, fuck him. Um, drunk Fuck him and his dentures. So. So, <laughs> I, my my point because I was I was thinking did did you eventually end up graduating from college? No, I what I did is I my last semester I was like I'm gonna get as high of a GPA as possible okay. so it'll be easy for me to go back to school if I want to go back to school. And I told my mom I'm like I am finishing out this semester, 
and I am moving to New York City to be a comedian. And she was like, you can't do that. And that's why Wait, I asked that question is, yeah. like, how did you afford to live there then? Oh, I couldn't. I, lit- I worked three jobs over the summer. I sold everything I owned, which was not much. I had $1,400 to my name and two cats because I'm a cat person. And I went to New- I, my, uh, the boyfriend that I had at the time drove me in a flatbed truck to New Jersey City. I had a sublet for two months in Jersey City. Oh, man, what was that commute? It wasn't bad. You just take the path. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's super okay. easy. Um, and Jersey City, and I'm like, I have two months of rent. I have two months to find a job and to, uh, uh, like, I had paid the rent, and then I had $1,400. So I didn't right, have right, just $1,400. Right, 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 right. But I, I had two months to find, uh, find a fucking place to live and a job. And I... Uh, I would just go into Manhattan every single day and apply with every single temp agency. And then this guy named Ty Pearson who went to VCU, somebody from VCU was like, hey, you need to call Ty. He works at MTV. He can get you in there with their in-house temp program. I'm like, okay. So I call him. He's like, let me send your resume over. Sends my resume over. Day later, I get a call. Hey, can you come in for an interview? I go in for an interview. They're like, we have a job for you. Oh, wow. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. At MTV. Yeah, but it was a shitty job. I worked in the accounts payable department. But yeah. it's still, but that's where your first, first all, step of starting to work on the other side of the business. Right. But you know. if you want to be, you're, okay, you move to New York, you want to be a comedian, and you can take a job at MTV and accounts payable, or Merrill Lynch right. as a fucking VP yeah. of sales. Right. You're like, give me the job at MTV where I can at least meet and learn shit that I need to know. Yeah. For what and I meet do. other people my age yes. and like, and the it was the same interests yeah. and all that shit. Yeah. And I got to go to a lot of like unplugs and shit Ooh. and I got to go to movie awards. Dude, so, oh my God. so let me guess, you saw Nirvana unplugged? Uh, or did you didn't get to see that one? I didn't one? get to get into that one because I w- really wanted to. I was calling my friend Nate. Sure, I'm like, the most Nate, famous please. one is the only one you couldn't get. Yeah, the, the best one is the one that I couldn't get into. But I mean, it's just like you got to do so many fun things and because I was hot, uh, I got to go. I got to do things for marketing. Someone thinks highly of themselves. I'm just saying that's what they do. Because my because my friend Joe was like, "Hey, my boss needs hot girls to walk wear fezes and walk around and talk to people at the upfronts. Can you do it?" I'm like, "Yes." So back me, to the fez. Back to we were we were wearing fezes. Me, and my friend Why? Suzanne. I don't know. They wanted us to wear fezes. Sons of the desert, are we? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> What's the, it wasn't tied to anything. They just made you wear fezzes. You got shiners? Yeah. Now nah, we're hot chicks. Can't you tell? We got fezzes on. What the fuck do the fezzes have to do with Figure them? it out, motherfucker. Did they have boobs on them? What was the... It was fun. I mean, yeah. you know, free drinks. We got yeah. hammered. You, know. you were living You, you were, were living young. It. You were a youth. You were I was youthful. Youth. I was youthful. And my rent was... And I found a place to live in Manhattan the day that I was supposed to be out of my sublet. Boom. Like, Jesus it was Christ. Like, you could not afford that place now. If everything you described of what you wanted to do, minus the MTV thing, it's so expensive. There oh, now. no. Like I couldn't it, do it. You probably... I mean, what do you think the rent it would be now where you where you first moved before mm, they cleaned it up? It, it Well, it's probably it's, still affordable because they didn't oh, renovate the studio when I left. It, yeah. You know how much my rent was? $467.32. What? Get out of here. And the utilities were included. And I had an AC. Oh, more for fuck's sake! And because the girl died in there, and she—I—I I, I guess it what? hadn't flipped. Oh, the place was I'll kill a thousand shit. people in here to keep the rent down. Yeah, no, Come same, on. same, same. Like I just got lucky. I just because during my lunch hour. Wait, at you TV, were the next person to move in after the person that died in there. Yeah, and it She's was like, vacant for the longest. She had to stay in there with the dead body. No, but all the point her shit was, was still in there. I, I'm surprised the dead body. I don't know. I think something was wrong because there were lots of like psychiatric meds in the. Like all her uh, shit was still there. Wait a minute. 
Wait, you, you moved, moved in, in when her shit dead no, 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 no. The super moved it out for me. He originally told me I would have to move it all out, and then he was like, "Hey, I moved it all out for you." I'm that, like, Thank that's you. such a classic like big city thing. Like, yeah, you're just gonna have to move all the other stuff out from this person that passed away. But I had to paint it in. myself. I had to clean it myself and paint it myself, and still give him the three hundred dollar key fee. But uh, he was cool, so I didn't yeah. care. Like, yeah. he was very. And you cool. found a place. Yeah. You had a Dude, job, got, and you were like, "That's like." Uh, trifecta, dude. You're in New York. You're about to start pursuing your lifelong your passion yeah. at this point. Yeah. Like, so you're stoked. stoked. Now you decide to go do your first stand-up show. Where did you do it, and how did that go? Oh, it was my graduation show at New York Comedy Club, and I was terrible, and I probably bombed for the first mm, two years, like it, consecutively, like where all my friends were getting funnier and I wasn't, and I would just cry on the way home. I'm like, why am I fucking doing this? Why am I funny at work? And why am I fa- why can't I make that funny on stage? Because I was trying too hard to be a performer, you know, and like telling the jokes and waiting, you know, even when ah. there was no laughter and not acknowledging that I was eating a dick. Yeah. So then what happened was, is I started this, the guy, um, Oh my God, he's gonna hate that I forgot his name. Andy, Andy Engel. Andy Engel used to book the new comedian showcase at Caroline's. I waited till I'd been doing stand up for like three years before I did it. And uh, I got to do the new talent showcase and I was like, oh. And then he said, you're really funny. I'm producing this show at Uncle Charlie's, which was a gay bar in the West Village. And so he's like, do you wanna host it? I'll give you $100 a night. It was a weekly. So I was making 400, I was making money doing stand up that I could almost pay my rent. Right away. So I go down, and um, the first week is great. The second week, the queens in the audience were like, you told us this last week, bitch. We don't wanna hear it. That's where I had to learn how to do crowd work. So they did not, like, they didn't want to hear my jokes. They wanted me to read them, you know? So that's what I did. I would go in and I would go, okay, who's this? Who's this? And I would just say things. And then there was this magazine. This was pre-apps. Pre, um, and uh, this magazine called Homo Extra. And they had personals <laughs> in the back. And <laughs> there was what a raunch. about? Homo Extra. <laughs> and they would have a raunch and kink section. So I would play theme from a summer place via the DJ system and then I would read personals from the... from the. That's funny. It was fucking funny because it's That's like... That's funny, yeah. Uh, it's like, um, hi, uh, love me... Because the, all the ads were, love me, fuck me, suck me raw, no smokers. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> really? <laughs> like a lot of butt of play. No cigs, please. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, yeah, all right. Yeah. Uh, okay. That's Fair. the one thing. Yeah. Fair I like enough. Marlboro Red, so I can't Fair. go over there. No, no, totally. Like, they were scat. You know, I'm into scat. Don't smoke. Yeah, that's right. Okay. I love being urinated on, but I don't like trombones. Yeah. So if you play trombone and you want to like talk about jazz. it. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it was just so weird. But I, So that's how I learned how to do crowd work. And then I became a much stronger comic. Well, also, I was going to say, what in the, in the time from when you said that like, there was like a three-year gap in there where you were like sort of people were getting funnier, you felt, and you weren't. Is that just the, the the idea of just making it more conversational and not so performing? That worked for you, and you felt more at home. You felt more yeah. like how when you say, "How come I'm funny at work, but I'm not funny on stage?" At work, you're not holding a microphone and going, "How da papa set set up punch right set set up punch." You know, you're like chatting and bouncing off shit and using your surroundings and. Yeah, and the, and the hard part is trying to make your jokes sound like that every single time. Like, Ian Bag is a master at that. You know who else is a master at that? Is fucking Chris Fairbanks. Like, I've seen him do the same set twice, and it seems like it's completely improvised. Like, he's doing crowd work. Yeah, Rick Ingram is good at that. So good. Yeah, Rick, I mean, he'll, you'll, you'll see it once, and be like, oh, my God, man, that was great. And you'll be like, 
Ah. You're like, oh, it's a recipe. Yeah, it's you a little bit of a recipe. And, and not and not to take anything away from it, because it is a skill that there's like some 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 of us do not have. I do not have the crowd work gene. I'm not uh, when what? I when I go into the when I start talking to people in the crowd, I'm like, whoop, I have derailed. <laughs> Get me back to my fucking prepared material. Not like, computing. I just my problem is usually if I have to talk to them, it's because they're annoying. Yeah. And now I'm like You're not interested. I'm in not Enough, I have enough a, I, I've worked on it. I've I've started smiling when I'm like, "Hey, can you shut the fuck up?" Because if I don't smile, I'm just like, "Hey, <laughs> I'm fucking up here telling jokes." It just becomes a whole different show. People are like, oh, "Yeah, you were just telling jokes." I feel like last night got people. weird. John, At the improv. Uh, I, I, I say John. I was like, John, did, did John make things weird last night? No, 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 no. no, no, I, no, no, no I couldn't no. hear. By the time, for those of you that don't know, we went to the improv last night. It was Eddie Burke, who is uh, we would like to have on eventually. But uh, he's been the... Bartender at the Hollywood Improv for forty years. I yeah. can't believe so it. famous in his own way within our circuit and, and also the world of it, on a of, bunch of, of shows and, and TV and done yeah. some movies and uh, he's in Punching the Clown or and Punching the Clown. He's in he was on news or he was on news, Workaholics news radio news Workaholics radio. Uh, just shoot me. He he! I did not know that he replaced Kevin Nealon as the bartender. Yeah, that's yeah isn't that a improv. crazy story? That's and then hilarious. the one that no one's going to care about, but the fact that Kevin Nealon replaced Les Moonves. It's crazy. At the bar yeah, as yeah. well. I didn't. I didn't know Les Moonves ever worked there until last night. No, that's that's insane. And and John and I were saying that. And the funny thing is, when you hear those stories, you're like, well, yeah, of course. Kind of like you're telling a story. It's like somebody got to work somewhere. somewhere. We all start go, somewhere. Yeah, you don't I'm go zero just, to sixty. You know, you know what? it's like there's I'm going to be one of Hans or Franz. I think I'll do that, and then uh, that'll be my career. Like, right. No, you got to fucking start. So somewhere. anyway, that's like, little stories like that are always like it's it's nice. To, you know, it's always good to hear like there's little little weird. Pieces of history. Yeah, like you Brad Pitt working as a, a, a dressing up like a chicken for the crazy chicken for El Pollo Loco right. on the corner of you know <laughs> murder and stabbing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Did you see him? Wear, do you see him wearing his name tag at the? Uh, what, he was at something and he had his, his name tag on. He's like, "Hi, I'm Brad Pitt." Well, Are because you some people might uh, mistake him for former guest Rob O'Malley. I mean, Dude, that, that's good. That could happen. Yeah. Rob O'Malley is a Rob O'Malley's a very good looking man. Fucking yeah. handsome. Yeah. Dude, him and his stupid hot family. Yeah. It's, ro- it's gross. When yeah. I first saw his wife, we worked on a pilot, and I was like, "Oh my god." God, who's this girl? And it was like, oh yeah, she's that guy's girlfriend. That makes sense. Yeah. And then they had like their kids cute. You're like, God, you guys are fucking crazy. Good looking. <laughs> yeah. It's disgusting. Yeah. They it the, sickens they, me. They own all the genetics in the genetic department. They do. Yeah, they really fine. do. And they're also lovely people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is even harder to find. But I mean, that's the, nice though. Yeah. So you're so you're doing the stand up. When did you finally get over the um, I'm not doing well crying scenario? And you went, okay, oh, no, this is starting to work, and I'm happy. Yeah, it, it was it was maybe, maybe performing in gay happy, bars, and so then that's I was like, you sort oh, of found your audience. okay, okay. That was where I found my. I mean, gay men do love a strong. Uh, Maldi broad and that's me <laughs> that's me and you know they love that but I, it just made me feel more comfortable I'm like oh I just need to talk to people I don't need to perform a joke yeah. you know you just need to be a person yeah you're but funny you're, you fu- doing- you're funny you're yes. a funny person but so right. the Thank you. you don't need stuff. a character of like a heightened version of you being you know what I mean like, yeah I mean you can heighten it on stage I, I'll heighten it but I mean I don't mean like it doesn't need to feel like it's such a performance and you're yeah. doing this thing and it's a put on it's like Ah, it's you. Yeah, you're up there. You can yell and shit, but it's still you. But yeah. where was the alternative stuff with the Snicker bars and? Oh, that was at Surf Reality. But was that after this discovery? Or no, that was it was it was daring because that's that. where I would just go and talk and you know like it, it, that was something where I didn't I didn't realize oh this could 
I could take this and mix it with the bullshit I'm doing in clubs yeah. and then have a nice little, oh, this yeah. is stand-up here's for little, me. Here's a little something for everybody. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, but it was... you're comfortable doing. Yeah. And, and I mean, those shows would go till three in the morning. Like, I would take a nap on Sundays. I would sleep all day on Sunday because I knew I would be at surf from eight until about 4 a.m. And then I had to go to work in the morning. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. So um, how long did you stay in New York, and, and was uh, the MTV gig the only one you had before you moved out here? Mm-hmm. Okay. That was the only one. I was there for, like, four years. And what, why did you decide, no, New York, yes, L.A.? Was it a job? Was it something else that came up? No, I got a, I got a deal at Disney. Explain. So, yeah, they, uh, they for some reason, I was performing. <laughs> she's, she's like, there what, is a reason. What if she's like, she's like, the, Disney, the, they, the cable company said I could have the Disney channel for $5 <laughs> a month. So I was like, oh, man. But only cool. in L.A. Oh, okay. by the way, speaking, this is what's great about ha- moving into a dead person's apartment. I, w- I had free cable. Oh. No, not, not again. But in New York, I had free cable. I oh. never paid for it. Yeah. Wow. You know. Yep. She didn't cancel her. She didn't well, cancel. Or they just never disconnected. And that's what people... I, the, the running joke for a, lot, a long time when I was out or when everybody moved out, I go, first thing you should do is just plug into the cable, plug your TV into the cable because it may still be there and you don't have to get it. They're like, yeah. really? I'm like, yeah, a lot of the, especially in big cities, they just forget to disconnect it. There's just too many people. Well, dude, and I, there's no parking, so they're like, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> or, and, and, especially there. They're like, listen, it's so hard to fucking park in Hell's Kitchen. Fuck it. Yeah. And they don't even hear, like, they, they bring you a direct TV thing, and then when you cancel, they're like, yeah, we don't want the shit back. Like, All right. Yeah, and then that there's, thing's stuck to the thing side of your goddamn it, building. In case anybody wants it when they move in, though, I guess. Yeah. So, free cable, living in a dead person's place. This is all Haunted exciting. as shit. Yeah. Haunted as shit. Uh, doing I had to crowd, tell her to stop. Doing crowd work at gay bars. Yep. Everything that you're telling me says deal at Disney. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I smell a sitcom. So I, I, again, well, I don't think I need weird. to ask any more questions. I clearly can connect the no, dots no, no, they, they as were, to how it happened. They Way were go, going Columbo. back to like the studio system and trying to do deals with comedians and like grooming them to be beca- big movie stars. And it was Joe Roth who headed it up. And I was doing stand up in a lesbian bar this time. Hello. And in, uh, in Greenwich Village, and these two casting people, Ann Maney and Carol Goldwasser, were there. And they were like, you're hilarious. Here's our card. I'm like, oh, okay, great. And I had just been fired from MTV. Ooh. Yeah. I got fired. What? Well, I got fired because I took a job in production management. Like, I wanted to get out of AP. Oh, so you have, you were not working in that same department that whole time? No. no. Well, I was about to move to another department. And they were like, you can't move to the other department. Because they were like, you have to come to this mandatory meeting. I go, well, I have a meeting with my new boss at that same time. Is there any way I can skip this meeting? And then they never got back to me. So I'm like, well, I'm going to the new meeting with my new boss because fuck them. And then they fired me. Wow. But then they offered me a job in marketing. They like, come back, come work in marketing. And I was like, I uh, just think I need a break from MTV right now. And I just, because I, I was doing VO on Daria. And I, so I had money from that and I had money from the gay bar and I had money saved. And they gave me a severance. Not a lot, like two weeks. You did a weeks. lot in four years. Jesus, I yeah. So I was like, what? Much. what is all, VO on Daria, that show was super popular. Were you it taking was. voiceover classes as well? Like, is nope. That how, so how did that happen? I knew a PA who worked in MTV animation. He's like, you should audition for this show. And a I would, PA? And I, yeah, a PA helped me. Todd Rowland, See? we're still friends. Todd lives, Rowlands, I know that name. Yeah, he lives in uh, Palm Springs now. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so that's how that happened. And he just did it because he just, your your character, the way, you, the person that you were, he thought, well, he just liked, it. he just thought I was funny because that's the thing. Like, in even though I was like in the boring accounts payable department, you know, well, yeah. cl- 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 you must have been oh, a killer, right, though. I forget, Dari was an MTV show, correct? Yes, it yeah. was an MTV show. Yeah, right. So, um, but I serviced everyone in production. So, uh, and a lot of my colleagues in that department weren't very good about doing their jobs, you know, efficiently. And I always made sure all their bills were paid so that 
that they wouldn't have to accrue for the next month. And I yep. understood finance yep. and I understood. You took a little pride into what you were doing and you did a good job. Yeah. 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 A lot of people don't do that. And I did that. So they loved me. So everybody in production would always, you know, I serve it to everyone. So I knew everyone. So I would get to audition for things. Like I was in a Nickelodeon upfront tape. Sweet. Um, so you always made it clear with people like, look, I also have. Oh, yeah. And they loved me. They would try to give me every opportunity. Uh, let me tell you. Yes, I was an attractive young lady, but I was also fat, so I didn't get to do as much as I wanted to do. Like, not fat, fat, but pretty fat. Like, when I, at, at one point, I was 160 pounds. Like, my friend who's staying with me from New York, I've known him since those days. We've been friends since we were 22. And he's like, when I met you, you were 160 pounds. I'm like, I know. And But I lost weight, and I kept it off. But I used to be... But I was still so pretty that people still responded to me. It was very weird. I had an agent. When I got the Disney deal, there was an agent at Abrams. I don't even know if she's in the business anymore, but she told Dan Natterman, how did Sharon get a fucking deal? She's fat. Wow. And I was like, all right, well, I don't know if that has anything to do with comedy, but sure, wow. be a cunt, you yeah. know? Well, there are people out there that, again... That totally believed. Yeah, well, the only way to be uh, great and successful in this time is you have to be one hundred percent in shape and beautiful. And it's like, I think that's a very narrow focus instead of focusing on the human itself. You know, I just what they offer. Well, see, I'm, saying, I'm I not going to say. All I care about <laughs> is my body image and my body. And uh, I'm so body conscious that all of you other disgusting pig animals can fuck off. You know what, John? When you put it that way, it totally. <laughs> I never makes thought of sense. it that way. You're totally right. Yeah. Um. So you were so okay. So you had your you you you, you were you were kind of messing around. With a bunch of different stuff, but then again, so this offer from Disney, like you said, you get this business card. So people say, "Hey, you're funny." We all know how the lot, the majority of the time how that plays out. Okay, it so doesn't. It, right? Well, this so. is what was crazy that nobody told me anything about this program or anything that was going on. And then I was going into meetings at uh, their New York office, and Zach was there, and all these people that are now famous. And um, yeah, oh, okay. When you and say he was there, he was just hanging out there? No, or? he had a meeting as well. No. Like, they were scouting all over what New York. What if I was like, Zach Morris from Say by the Bell? Yeah. No. Was he was there. I wish. Working the front desk. That would have been more exciting. But, uh, so, for both me and Zach Galifianakis. <laughs> and so, uh, and we both looked at each other. I remember we were at that meeting. I'm like, why are you here? He's like, I don't know. Why are you here? What the fuck is going on? All right, well, I'll see you at Surf Reality. And then we leave. And um, and then I get a call from Ann Maney, and she's like, I need you to come to California. I go, what? I go, I haven't driven a car in almost four years. She's like, no, you need to come to California on this date. I was like, okay. So I bought a plane ticket. Now, I didn't have a current driver's license, so I couldn't rent a car. So, and I didn't have any money. So I took a Greyhound bus. I did an overnight Greyhound bus to Richmond, Virginia, walked into the DMV, Got my new license, got right back on another Greyhound bus, back to New York City. I fly to L.A. the next day. I put myself up at the um, Howard Johnson's where the Cafe 101 is. Mm -hmm. Oh, shit, yeah. On Franklin. And I'm there, and I'm like, what am I doing here? And she's like, okay, uh, you need to come down to the office, come down to the Disney lot. So I go to the Disney lot, and so the head of casting's there, Marsha, and I'm forgetting Marsha's last name. It's okay. So she goes, so we're doing these deals with people, and blah, 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 blah. And, we, and she's, like, pitching me what I'm there for, and I said... Well, that sounds like a really nice opportunity for someone. And they all started laughing at me. They go, no, this is for you. Do you have representation? I was like, nope. They were like, well, you need to find some. Bye. And I walk out, and I'm like, what the fuck just happened? Now, explain to everybody that doesn't really understand when you say, I got a deal, what, what, that, what that means in layman's terms. You don't right. have to get too This detailed. particular deal was a talent holding deal. So they'll give you a large amount of money to keep you off the market, and you only audition for them. For like, So if you get a hold for ABC, you only audition for ABC shows. And at this point, they own all that stuff. And they right? give you money yes. to assure that you do not go out for other shows in an attempt to 
uh, so that you, you can live. Yeah. So that. But did they yeah. want you to develop some of your own stuff as well, or they they were not interested in that? No, they, they just wanted, wanted to use you as a character, if you will, and hopefully that you would break and become famous, and you could be a part of their brand. Right. Exactly. And then I never auditioned for anything. That's I've heard. But that's you got the so money, many right? holding I deals did, equal absolutely nothing. I mean, you get the I, money. That's nice. Well, I wanted to be in that. There was a movie that Amy. Um, this that, is about when, by the way. This was ninety eight. Okay, and did, so you moved out in 98, right? I moved out in 99. That. Moved out. So you stayed, you went back to New York for a little while. Yeah, and then okay. came here. And then, because it doesn't happen automatically. You have to no, find right. an attorney. You have to negotiate. Yeah, 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 and right. I found my attorney because I was driving my rental car, and somebody, I, I'm looking in my rearview mirror. This guy's on his fucking cell phone, and I was like, oh, no, oh, no. I'm watching. He's not paying attention. I'm like, I'm about to get rear-ended. I get rear-ended. I rear end a hot chick in a convertible in front of me. I like where this is going. Oh, yeah. Were you guys in Chatsworth by any chance? Yeah. Hot chick. No, Beverly Hills on Burton Way. Hello. Rear ends me. And he wouldn't get out of his car to give me his car information. And then the girl in front of me goes, I'm an attorney. I'm going to handle this. And she's like, bang, 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 bang on his thing. And she rolls down the window. like, you better give me your fucking information. I'm an attorney. She hands me her card. She goes, if he gives you any shit, you fucking call me. I was like, thank you. Cut two, I get a deal at Disney, and then Touchstone throws in money, and then I'm on a big showcase at the Laugh Factory, and I'm like, what's happening? And they put me up at the Century Plaza Hotel, and I get per diem, and I had no money. And so when the girl's checking me in, she's like, can I have a credit card for incidentals? I'm like, I don't have any money on my one credit card. And she was like... All right, so I need a credit card. Like she didn't understand that She'd I had no money. She'd never heard anyone not having any money. Never heard it in That's life. That's confusing. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. Why so, wouldn't you have any money? Exactly. I'm like, you probably don't have any money. Yeah. I'm like, don't you understand? But she knows how to throw shade. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm in this hotel and I called the attorney and I was like, hey, okay, this isn't about the car crash, but this weird thing happened where I got a deal and I'm staying in a fancy hotel and I don't have an attorney. And I only met with one and he was like, I'm not going to be able to get you anything because you're nothing. Then she goes, I know somebody, call Matt Saver. So I call Matt Saver. He's like, come down for a meeting. I just heard this name talking with Ira Stone at coffee this morning. I, I hooked Ira up with he Matt. He goes, me and Sharon have the same entertainment lawyer. Yep. He goes, he's great. He's great. And so I went to his office and everybody had tattoos and everybody was cool. And he was like, oh, I'll try to get you as much money as I can, and I'll protect you. And he's still my lawyer to this day. That there it is. is fucking awesome. Also, yeah. I like how you equate and he also tattoos used... with knowing the law. And and that, well, you... I liked that. <laughs> and he also used to, you used his credit card to stay at the hotel? No, they went ahead and let me check in. They wouldn't or did? No, they, they did. Went they went ahead well, and let me. I was like, can you call the person at ABC who made the say, reservation? they're the one that, yeah. That, oh, yeah, 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 exactly. But I mean, I, I wasn't going to party or any. But it was so weird because Dave Chappelle also had a deal, and so did Dane Cook. It was like all the comics that had deals. It was me, Dave Chappelle, Dane Cook... This guy named Vince Fluke, who's a Canadian comedian, and Eric O'Shea, who's now living in Austin and does stand up out of Austin. Yeah. Those were the people, it was five of us. Those are some big, I guess, and then this Dave Chappelle guy, he's gone on to do. I don't know. I've heard he's doing some really great things. Does he do stand up? I think you guys are confusing him with Dave Chappelle. I think he's acting. Oh, is he acting now? Is he the photographer? David LaChapelle? David (laughs) LaChapelle. Um, so yes, so exactly. that's what happened. That's what happened. That's, that's what happened. fucking crazy, though. You must have had it in your head. Was there any kind of like, I'm doing yep. this? No. No. Not at all. Did I was filled with fear. I did get a convertible. You didn't get a stick shift, though, As, right? No, but I do drive a stick shift now. So you're one of those people. You like that I shit. I love it. Uh, so you need to be staying busy like that, too. I like having a stick. I'm like, you're out of your fucking mind. You're in traffic it nine sounds like hours, but you me. like to keep busy. It, it sounds keeps like me alert. Yeah. That's, what, that's another thing is interesting. I wonder if that would help other people. Just kind of, you have to Maybe. You have yeah, you can't stay fucking, fucking doze off. Stay yeah, off your fucking phone. You're driving a stick shift, you piece of shit. So how long was the deal for? 
It was only for a year. All right. And, um, it, and nothing came of it. And then going well, back wait, to John. Real quick, I was like, the, you described, you gave us those statistics and all that info so fast. Is that how fast it felt like? It felt very you like, fast. You flew out without knowing what you were doing. Yeah. You're like, I guess I got to do this. And I went back to New York with a deal. And I was so broke at the time that when I went to, div- I got a signing bonus of like $10,000. Like once it cleared, like here's 10 grand. And I was like, oh my God, because I couldn't even afford Subway tokens. I had to borrow 20 bucks from a friend to buy Subway yeah, tokens. You had nothing. So I go to my bank and I'm like, I, I, here's a deposit. Can I have like 20 bucks so I can buy Subway tokens or yeah. buy a Metro card? And they were like, yeah, no, we can't release. And we're going to make sure that this check is good because you have no money and you've never had money. Yeah. I mean, I, I made a decent living at MTV and I had a savings. But you just, they know your account balance is negative five and you walk in with a $10,000 check and yeah. they're like, right. Ooh. Well, they also would do, they do that for almost everybody. Yes. Like, well, it's, it's, the yeah. bigger the check, the longer it's held on to because yeah. mm-hmm. they, they're like, is this shit real? Right. Like, yeah. So I couldn't, so then I had to borrow more money to buy Subway, to buy Metro cards. And then with that money, I, I um, paid off some things for some friends that were broke. So I was like, Tell me what you owe Time Warner. Wow. Tell me what you owe your cell phone. How far behind are you in your rent? I got you. And so I did that. Wow. Karma points. So that money was gone quick. It was gone pretty... Yeah. Well, no, because... Well, yeah, it was. It was gone pretty quick. <laughs> but I mean, it, but I, I still had enough money to like, you know... You lived. Yeah. So when you moved out here for that first year, were you able to just live off of that yes. money? Didn't have to get another job. Right. So the clock is ticking. I'm This, this, this fascinates me a little bit. So the clock is ticking. I'm assuming before the year came to an end, you may have already kind of got a vibe like this is just not probably going to play out the way I thought it was going to play out. Yeah. And then what? Where were? Where was your head at? And what was the plan? Well, the plan was the plan was just to keep working. I mean, I thought I thought that because I had a deal with Disney that I would you know, people would want to book me in their clubs and that was not the case. I, you know, I hit all the open mics. Um, I tried to get to know people in the comedy scene. Um, you know, and then it, it just was like, I was just terrified the whole time and I couldn't believe any of it was happening. I was afraid to tell anybody because I was like, I don't deserve this. Todd Berry deserves this. Like, I don't deserve this. Greg Giraldo deserves, like, you know, fucking, you know, uh, you know, all these comics that were big at the time but didn't have deals. I'm like, that's who deserves it. I'm not telling anybody about this because I was embarrassed. Okay. Because I was like, I don't deserve this. I've barely been doing stand-up. So when it goes away. And so when they it goes say, away. And they say, you know what? Were you thinking there was a chance maybe they'd re-up you and that no, kind of stuff? No, because I knew it fell apart once he left the studio. He left Disney, and I was like, well, this is done. I knew that it wasn't going to get renewed, like, probably eight months in. Okay. And so, But I just I just, I just, just did the work. I went, to, I kept going to acting classes. I got a job. What, you know? you still, what, what kind of job then did you start working in? Well, then I was working as an assistant for a friend's data mining company. And then I got, then I, before, because I needed something, I just wanted to start making income. Mm. And then... I was starting to put my feelers out there for production work, and then I just started working in production. Yeah, because I think that's a thing. It's like, obviously, you're living two lives. Mm -hmm. You're living on both sides of the line. Mm -hmm. And were you okay with that? Or were you you like, because obviously, you've moved up quite a bit in your career on one side of the line, where it's, it's... Great to have that security in some respects, in, ter- in our terms. Right. Security, it's right? not really security, but yes. But th- not compared to the other side, the talent side, which is less security. If, it's no it, security. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, did that become, did you, were you in a constant battle with that? Or did Never. you start embracing 
the production side of it, and were you able to convert that into creative? Absolutely. I've always wanted to work on both sides okay. because I because I felt like I kind of got fucked on my Disney deal because my managers at the time, and I haven't had managers since, but well, I did for a little bit, and then that went away, and then I've never had a manager. But the, you know, they had me paid as an employee, and I should have been paid as a corporate. I should have incorporated. And so I, I saved $45,000, and then almost all of it had to go back to the IRS because, uh, because tax laws had changed, and I didn't know that because I didn't consult with an accountant. So I basically got my ass handed to me financially. Uh. So I was like, oh, I never want that to happen again. And I also have always wanted to learn everything about TV behind the scenes and in front because I've always wanted to create a show, whether I was on it or not. You know, so and you need to know that other side. You need to know how all these people work together. But you for don't, an idea. though. You don't because I have a lot of friends. We both have you, a lot of friends. Well, that okay, you get lucky. I, I think you, you, you do. don't. You don't. But I'll say when you do, you're better. Uh, I don't so much I, I, better. Like the yeah, that's the, what I mean. The yeah. Creativity. I, I when you're writing something and you understand production, I think you're a smarter writer. Do you understand? Like when yep. you go and pitch something, you're not like. It's a period piece, 1947. Everything's got... No, you're keeping it two locations max. You're fucking, you know... Yeah, I you don't think... get, like, mon- production is equals money. They have to spend money to make yeah. everything. So the less money they have to spend, the more likely it is they might take your project on yep. if, it's, if it's written well and makes sense. And plus they want to know that you can actually execute the vision. Correct. They'll be like, oh, so how are you planning on doing this? Well, I want to have, like, six Sony F7s, okay? We only need two audio guys. Here's why. We, You know, I, I know a non-union lot over here. Like... When you know the language, the, uh, you, there's something about their eyes. It's almost like their eyes light up and their body suddenly relaxes. You are not like, just a crazy fucking actor right. who just all of a sudden is like, I want to make my own thing because no one will book me. Yeah. <laughs> and then you roll in and you're like, I'm an actor. I do this and I go over here. And you're like, I don't know why I sound like Tony Clifton all of a sudden. Like, I don't know, everybody. It's me, Tony Clifton. <laughs> um, but, uh, what did you gravitate towards most on the production side? Um, craft service. I'm just kidding. That's that for sure. <laughs> Always find me at the craft service table. Yeah. Um. Do you know how that came? That name came about. Um. Cra- was it because of craft? Yeah. Craft used to bring all the food. Craft cheese. Yeah. But craft it's, cheese. It's the craft company. Crafts service. Yeah. Services. Crafts services. Yeah. Uh, yeah. People always say craft service. Well, because yeah, now, like, it yeah. Now, now it doesn't matter. Because now it doesn't matter. It's also just crafty. a table of food. Just yeah. a table of food. And it better fucking be fucking good. Yeah, and you better otherwise have candy gonna, uh, and non-candy. Yeah, otherwise... And non-candy. <laughs> I want fruit and garbage. Uh, Hurry. We is, want healthy and shitty. Yes. I want to go... I want. I need a basket of apples to push aside while I eat pretzel-filled <laughs> peanut butter, okay? My, my favorite... I just watching... Watching the disappointment in low-budget shows... Oh. Watching oh my the god! In their faces when they go over to the saddest <sighs> table, which is basically like some almost good apples. Here's some almonds some from ten peanuts. shoots ago. Some, <laughs> peanut, some peanut butter, a loaf of bread, um, the, which I still to this day one it's, it's knife always been the yes yeah, one knife one knife always been the worst coffee is the stuff that comes in the silver uh, thing. Oh yeah, uh, the, the silver the, the kit. I don't care. Yeah. I will pound that in order to uh, ignore the fact that there is literally like. A bag of raisins on yeah, a table. As you're yeah. Like, yeah. God, oh my god. That's the thing. That's the other thing is instead of like individual packages, when they're like, no, no, we'll all put our hands in this. In, in the yeah, so ra- we can all get fucking bed. coronavirus. <laughs> Great. We're all I mean, gonna get Corsair anyway, Yeah, or I worked on one show where like our crafty table looked like a UNICEF drop off. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm like, did they just uh, drop this out of a fucking helicopter? It was like, it's, it's, it was like old bag, fucking shitty. It's like a oh. college uh, um, potluck dinner. Yeah, just it like, was so hey, gross. I bought a half bag of chips and here's some <laughs> uh, celery with peanut butter and raisins on it. Made ants on a log. Ants everybody. on a log. Oh my god, we are, so we are, fucking we are gross. Spoiled pieces of shit. That's everybody, the thing is, you are. are. Yeah, and but I when laugh. you, but you, when you're working 12 hours and you're exhausted, you want to have and barely getting paid. But there are and so many. Paid. There are so many jobs that work a long time and, and don't barely get, get paid nothing. and go and these, find your own food. These dudes were building this thing out here near my They're eating their lunches out of their trucks, sitting yeah. on a thing right. out of a pail. And then I go to work and some fucking fat turd is like, try tip again? <laughs> what the fuck's with all the try tip? And you're like, dude, shut your mouth. Eat your fucking tri-tip <laughs> and calm down because any other job, they're beating off for Donut Wednesdays yeah. or whatever. <laughs> no, you're I right. tell you guys? You're right. So the first job I got was in El Segundo. El Segundo. And I was working at a at a, 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 a converted studio place that was doing a part live action, part uh, three, a 3D animation cool. thing, right? And, and being from Wisconsin, I'm telling you, this is the first time I'd ever seen this shit. I remember the first time they were like, guys, the food truck is here. I'm like, food truck? They're like, yeah, this truck just pulls up and they they open up and it's like a restaurant on wheels. I was like, what? Like, I was so naive and I go out. I'm like, this is unfucking believable. You this guy just fucking drives up and you're just ordering your shit here. You live and in we there. Don't have to oh my walk god, that's my with, favorite. I love road coaches. <laughs> you just get to live in there. What is that? Where's, where's your bed? That's fucking awesome. Oh, I love it. Uh, that was one of my first like. Well, I don't live in Wisconsin anymore. This is. Golly gee whiz, heck, everybody. <laughs> this is some anymore. great stuff. Nah, you're an El Segundo. How many more of these guys driving around with the food thing you guys got this time? Pretty soon there'll be way too many. And, and then eventually you're like, oh, this isn't really that good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, why don't All I right. feel well? Oh, I've been eating out of a rolling dumpster for fucking two weeks. I, I've never gotten sick from a food truck. No, favorite. now food trucks are all the rage. No, but I mean, I like the roach coaches. I like the ones written by, you know, driven by a fat woman named Carmelina. And you're like, I'd like an egg white almond. Egg white, okay. Egg white, And then they make it as fabulous. I think there was a place. Obviously, I think some are better than others, right? Yeah. There was a place. There was a roach coach right down the street from where I first lived in Echo Park. And man, me and my buddy Tim would go down there. Burritos the size of your head that would just and they're like five bucks. But they were yeah, they were so cheap. But the next day we'd be like, just <laughs> take turns yelling on a toilet, <laughs> and then that night just be like, have hey, seven more paps and go down there and get the uh, like, yeah, let's do Focus, it. Let's go get the burrito down yeah. in front of the uh, Walgreens. So you de- so it goes back to my original question. You gra- you gravitated towards what in the business? I'm, well, I mean, I I didn't really. It kind of picked me. Okay, you know, I I started doing. I started working on a lot of court shows. And which I didn't really like, you know, they're very depressing, actually, even How though I love watching that? them off and on for like 15 years. OK. Yeah. yeah. And uh, now I just I just had one option at MGM. Oh, you created your own. I did. Oh, well, nice. At this point, you <laughs> you probably could create one in your sleep. Right. I so. can. But you know what? Here's how that happened. I created a sports show. I've had I created two sports shows that I had set up at two different production companies at different times. They didn't sell. And. You know, my cousins used to own three sports franchises, and they were like, Sharon, how is your show not selling? I'm like, I don't fucking know, what dude. What franchises did they own? The uh, Dallas Stars, the Jesus. Texas Rangers, and Liverpool Football Club. Oh. So, Are your relatives okay? Do they need money? No, I, you know what? <laughs> what One of them just fuck? asked me if he could borrow 20 bucks, and I was like... I, you I, tell them to fuck off? No, Liverpool no, Football him. Club? I Venmoed him. Um, no, they're fine. They're Luckily, you're a comic, so you always yeah. have money. They're <laughs> no, they're doing great. They're doing great. Jesus Christ. Um, but, you know, and I just like, I'm like, why can't I fucking... So, so, I'm, so I'm sitting there, I'm like, what can I sell? Like, what would someone trust me to run? 
And I went, a court show. And I said, well, okay, well, I hate working on court shows. What would make it funny? Oh, what if I made it like a drag queen as the judge and like it's like it's like Paris is burning in the courtroom. And so I cut a sizzle reel using existing footage. I sent it to Billy. He gave me notes. And then I recut it. And then I shopped it around to get a deal. Got a deal at Scout Productions. They created Queer Eye. We pitched. Nobody bought it. And I said, fuck it. I'm making it a podcast. Made it a podcast. Built a following. Cut a sizzle reel. Boom. Attached famous people. Boom. Yeah, that's a big part of it too, right? But would you say you you did it as a podcast, but cut a reel? Explain. I shot it and recorded uh, audio, so okay. I would upload the audio. More people listened to it than watched it. Sure, but there is a video you can put online with it to accompany it. Yeah. Correct. So I had you know that's watch it here, though. listen to it here, you know, and so uh, so I was able to you know at least I was able to cut together like what I call it a proof of concept reel because the talent yes. in the reel is not the talent that's attached to the no, show No, but now. You're, you're showing what you could do given money and given some backing. Look yeah. how good we could make this if we... Right, totally. And they and they loved it and we just... I actually just... Like we've been in negotiations since late November and we, I just got the executed agreement like a week ago. So I'm trying to hold on. I'm like white knuckling it right now like because I'm like just hang in there because soon you might have something great. But you know, and everybody's like you need to celebrate girlfriend friend. Well, so what's the... But you don't. I mean, it, it takes time. Well, everything... And it might not sell. Everything takes time. That's the problem. And you should... One, you should always take time to appreciate the... That's a victory. Oh, I'm grateful. That's and it is a victory. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not like... But, but also... You, there's 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 little point in this business of getting super elated about something or getting super depressed about something. Like there's a lot to be said for sort of keeping an even keel because you sell something that's a big you feel good. Holy shit, that's a one in a million right there. But like you said, it plateaus. They don't do anything with it. You've gotten some money, but it doesn't get made. It doesn't come to fruition. And that's what you want in the scheme of it. It's like yeah, the money is awesome, but if you can get your idea made, if you can get your thing out there, that's if you can a be life in achievement. Of making TV, that's what you want. Like this is your idea. So like ideally, that's that's what happens, you know. But um, there's nothing. You shouldn't get too anxious, and you shouldn't when something when that goes away, when it doesn't happen. You shouldn't get too depressed about it. You have to really kind of be ready to move on. And you, I know you've done this. You move on to the next thing. You don't necessarily throw it away, but you're like, okay, no one's interested in that right now. Well, I'm going to keep moving forward, and then right. maybe we can come back to this. So can I ask you a question? With all, I mean, all this is, is, is great stuff. We talked about the fact that there was a part of you that likes being the performer. I'm assuming being the performer, um, did you see yourself, you, you were jokingly talking about some of the other people earlier like we're talking about Chappelle and these other people that had deals at the same time you did they obviously continued to stand up and became very famous we obviously have not experienced that is that did that stay a goal of yours or did you temper that part of yourself the live performance part and where you saw yourself in that realm versus what you are trying to accomplish right now I never thought I was going to be that strong of a comic to get that kind of first of all Dave's fucking brilliant well, right dude he and I'm not comparing apples yeah, yeah. are well deserved no, yeah. but that's no, not what totally, I'm no I know what you're saying yeah. I, I, to, I yeah, get what yeah. you're but saying there are other people that have had great opportunities not everybody has to be brilliant not everybody has to be brilliant to be famous and no. or have a lot of percent of the Correct. comics make millions of dollars yeah. right only one percent yeah yeah it's like Dave Chappelle Bill Burr Joe Rogan yeah a couple people yeah Sarah Silverman Sarah Silverman yeah, you know what I mean, but but the, but everyone else is like, we're, we're but all there's working. a bunch of other people like there's tears of it. There's tears. Yeah, yes, of course, of course, of course. Yes. So yeah, that some make a great living, and I, you know, I just I knew I was never gonna get into that zone mm -hmm. without 
I just wasn't going to do it unless I found a man to take care of me so that I could just go do without stand-up every to, night. Without having to worry about work. Yeah, because like when you work in production, I'm not going to go do a spot at 10 o'clock at night when I have a 4 a.m. call time or I have a 6 a.m. Or you've been working time. fucking 18 hours. Yeah. Your back is broken. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Were you at odds with that at first? Was that no. a battle or you, I mean, you accepted I, I, it, it? it? I had a little bit of like, oh, God, I really wish I could. Because, I mean, it's so much more fun to just do stand-up. It's so much more fun sure. to just be the person that shows up and is funny on a TV it's free. show. It's free and it's easy. It's easy. Yeah. It's easy. Whereas producing is hard. Yeah. But I also like doing it. It's, it can, it's very rewarding. It's rewarding. Especially if you love TV. If you really yeah. like making TV, producing is awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Did you ever see yourself trying to go from, you said, 15 years of doing the court-related stuff? Um, where did you ever try to get over to the scripted side? Like, was that a big part oh, yeah, of your thing? Oh, yeah, I had thing? a deal and in 2007 for did. a scripted okay. show, and then the Writers Guild strike hit and oh. killed it. Yeah, so me and my friend Todd, we wrote this script together called Daytime Justice that takes place behind the scenes of a daytime court TV show. Oh. It's fucking hilarious. And then we've seen court things make it to air, and we were like, God damn it, that much. Like, our show is, like, unreal but funny. And um and and not dark like that and and when Unreal got made we were like God motherfucking damn like we were so upset and um but yeah I've always been trying to cross over into scripted which is very it, hard it is hard yes. it's so now, hard do you say it's hard also because of the world you come from and they do, we've had other no. guests that have talked about the fact that they felt like it's hard for everyone I have friends that are yeah. showrunners and they're like oh my god I'm scared yeah. I'm like you're a fucking showrunner dude yeah. you know they run sirens or they're 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 not they don't run it there is a guy the guy that created the show still runs it but they're EPs yeah. and they have deals all over town for shows that they've created and they're yeah. brilliant and they're always like ooh yeah. I'm like how can you be ooh you want a home perspective like, yeah right i mean everybody has a different perspective of how they see their life playing out right oh totally but i think i could cross over it just it just sometimes it takes time you know it takes time or it just takes someone that you know that yeah. all of a sudden goes like we just had uh horatio sands on last week and he a lot of like some of the stuff he mentioned was like when i'm like yeah and i see you in this and i saw you in that he's like <clears throat> those are friends giving me parts He's like, wow. It's like Tina Fey put me in great news. She's like, yeah, we got a part for you. It's like he made friends on SNL. He's a likable guy. He's super fun to be around. It's like they're like, Dude, yeah, bring him in. He'd be a great guy to have on set. Be, this is a perfect role for him. Like that kind of shit is like there's one. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. That means that in the years that you've been working and struggling and trying, you haven't shit on people or you know, told people to fuck off in a way that has, like, burned bridges or mm -hmm. whatever. Like, And then all those years later, people are like, oh, man, I really like working with that guy. I'm going to throw him in here. And it's not like him and Tina Fey have fucking sleepover parties. Right. They're, like, friends on probably different sides of the fucking country at this point. But she still, like, thinks about him and, like, oh, yeah, I'll put him in this. Like, so that can happen. I feel like that's part of the numbers game is, like, we all hang on. People start to fall away. Eventually, the content that we're making, we start to understand who we are. We get a better voice. We fucking start to write better. We're smarter. We're funnier. We grow as performers. And then eventually, one of those people that we all know is like, oh, my God, this thing got through. It's like sperm going to a Oh, yeah, we're, we're, all trying, we're all sperm trying to <clears throat> yeah. get through the and egg. It's like yeah. eventually somebody's like, dude, I got a fucking script through, and they love it. And guess what? Boom, I want you to produce or be in it or do this or whatever or help me with it or, you know, and, and that is is a, is a is a large part of how most people gain that kind of success or yeah. knowledge or experience. It's I know I wish somebody that I knew was But again, it's a numbers game. Somebody you know somebody will. If it's not will. you yeah. cuz you keep like as long as you're not being um sedentary, as long as you're 
Like, okay, they didn't buy that, but I'm gonna. I've already already started writing a new thing, and Done I've got this idea, and I've now. gotten this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's no stopping. Like, you're not gonna be like that. Ah, I think I've written my last thing. Like, no. Like, you're gonna go until you sell the big thing, and even after you sell it, you're still gonna go. Oh fuck! I bet I can write something else too. Yeah. Like, you're not gonna. You're, it's never gonna be. It's a creative process that you enjoy doing to the point where give you a billion dollars, and you're still gonna probably try to do it. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like when we were negotiating the, you know, in terms of the contract, Matt wanted to make sure that I could be locked in as the EP for the life of the show. Sure. And I told him, and I said, well, you know, if they're not willing to negotiate on that, I don't. I'm okay with that because honestly, like, I want the show to take life, and then let other people run it, and then I want to go create the next thing. Yeah, and I'll get it created by, and I'll get that paycheck, and that yeah, I'll get I, the mailbox I don't have to show up on fine. set, and then I can go literally work on the next thing. And I can be, it can be from the girl that created, pep, 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 comes, pep, 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 right, like, right. I shouldn't say girl like you're a child. But it's like, fine. I don't woman. care. You know, it's from from the creator of blah blah. blah yeah. is, you know, I would Good love conversation to- you two there. That was some. Hey, all right. We don't need So if you guys are taking notes, that's five. And nine. And probably nine. I mean, it's just so hard. It's all so hard. It's very hard. It is. What we're doing is so fucking hard. Like, I would be a more successful brain surgeon and shitty and being sued for malpractice. And my mom would be like, you're doing great, kid. But, but. Again, and I always come back to this, and I, like, what 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 are you gonna do if you're not doing this? Nothing. What are you gonna do? Nothing. We choose our paths. What are you gonna do? It's gonna victims. bring you, because because even in the in the in the in the dark times of working out here, even in the in the trying times, and even in the rejection and all that shit, there's still like, yeah, but I know somebody who did it. I can get in there. Do you feel like, like a gambling addict? But your life is what you're gambling with, because sometimes I feel like that. I'm like, why did I just, or, or like a like a, a adrenaline junkie? Junkie, because I'm like, you know, right now I'm, you know, I'm like, okay, I did it, I did it. It's set up somewhere, and now I feel like I'm getting ready to jump off of another cliff. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, why am I jumping off this fucking cliff again? Yeah. Why am I doing this shit? I don't feel like an adrenaline junkie, except for like when you get laughs. And then you kind of like oh need no yeah that yeah fucking laughs and you're like that that's where that's where like that's where the after show drinking took it to a next level for me was like I mean you get you're so amped up you're on stage everyone's laughing at everything you said you're having a great set afterwards you're like well I can't just like go sit down in a chair and be a regular human being I gotta I gotta like let loose like fuck dude like, I couldn't sleep last night and I didn't even go on stage but just like from talking <laughs> to all the comics and having a great time and connect, reconnecting with people I hadn't seen in a long time I couldn't sleep and I'm like but I couldn't drink because I was driving right so I was like fuck and I, I could have made a cocktail when I got home and I fucking should have but no but the improv especially I was going to but then I came home and I saw that my wife had bought Girl Scout cookies and I was so enraged and simultaneously was so excited and I didn't <laughs> Samoas are my favorite. Fuck yeah, dude! But I just feel like that those kind of nights that the improv brings that out too. Like yeah. everyone kind of gathered. Like there's a lot of history there, and and fuck, we've been a part of it for 20 years now. Yeah, you know what I mean. So that's like Eddie's was there 40. So for 20 years before us. There's the Kevin Nealans and there's the fucking I and mean, the, the Dom Herrera. The Dom Herrera. The pictures of that place and just the crowds that used to gather. You're like you could pick out. Oh my God! There's Andy Kaufman and Jim. K- you know what I mean? It's like the comedy store is the same way. Like this city is very historic. It's yeah, it's got in a people. Lot they don't really people. like their locations. They but get rid of those. Yeah, they'll they turn they'll that mow over, those down and put up a parking. Yeah. 
yeah, garage, but, or but some yes, shitty apartment building. Wise. Yeah, it's so weird to think uh, about the Eddie thing. You know, forty years. Think about that. There the are amount guy, of people he's seen. There come are guys and go. limping, and it is mostly guys last night. But there yeah. were guys limping up on stage that were probably twenty years old when he first saw them as a comedian, and now they're just these gray hair old people that like yeah. it's like he's seen literally full Hollywood. Life generations, arcs. yeah, life generations arcs of life arcs, yeah. Generations. I mean, he was, I like I said, he was the first bartender to ever go. Hey, just so you know, that's a lot even for you. And I was like, because I'd had like nine beers one night before a show, and I was like, and I kind of looked, and I was like, huh, yeah, I guess you're right. And that was literally close to. So when I'll take I, one more. So I'll just have, that's why it's two more, and then two I'll be more. good. Um, but it, I think it was like close to then that I was like, I'm gonna quit drinking before shows. Yeah. And then it was right after that that I got live at Gotham, and then you know what I mean. Like every time I've taken something that's like, be like, yeah, that might be a crutch. Like it's not a crutch. It's just a good time. You take it away, and then immediately I get something better. And I'm like, amazing. Oh, okay. Like maybe that guy was right. Yeah. I learned, but like Eddie, I mean, it's cr- the amount of people that have come come through there in his span is, uh, I can't, you know, it's insane. It's insane. To answer uh, your original question uh, of this is, I feel like, like you were saying, is it gambling for me? Because I'm also a recovering salesman from like, <laughs> from any of my first recovering couple jobs. I f- I feel like my life in this is that I'm like a third rate salesman that's still trying to get the big sale. Like I, I work for a company that's not like there's the top companies yeah. and then there's the other companies and there's the other companies and then there's this other company way down at the bottom. Yeah. Like I always feel like I'm that guy that I'm constantly like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to make that sale. You know, 20 years that I'm still going to make that big sale. I'm going to, I'm going to finally get my, I'm going to, I'm going to hit, I'm going to hit it. You'll see. Maybe that's You'll the see. feeling. I, I, I always think, is this what a recovering gambling addict feels like or a gambling addict? Cause I always feel like, okay, like I'm always like down to my last penny and then I book a job, like a freelance producer job and I'm like, oh God, I'm going to have rent. Whoo. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, wrapped on that job. Okay. We're back now. Uh, it, like that's how I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm constantly rolling the dice waiting for fucking snake eyes and I keep rolling whatever shitty roll of dice is. Snake eyes might be shitty. I don't know. But I'm like, not sure. I don't play dice. <laughs> Neither do I. I don't like, roll yeah, yeah. the bones. What, what she said. Yeah. But like, I, I just, Uno. yeah, so, exactly. I, I, I just don't know. And then, and then I just go, God, what am I doing? What am I fucking doing? And then I just got, I, I just, I'm like, just think about what you have right now just put one foot in front of the other but there are times where i'm like did i just did i gamble my fucking life away but what but when you look at the when you look at the scheme of it all like who cares no, do who it if, gives right. a if fuck. you if you're enjoy like that's the thing i know we all get mad cuz i do the same thing i'll be looking at a checkbook in a bank account and i'll be like what the fuck? I did this much this year. I got nothing to show for it. What right. the but fuck am I but doing? But that's yeah. human, though. That's it's human again, to have those emotions. No matter what business, yeah. what profession you're in, you're going to have moments everybody like has that. It. Like you said, your dad got in an argument with a slice of cheese. Like everybody exactly. has yes. Your dad moments. was grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? Yes. Towards the end of his life, not so much. I think what made him grumpy was having a job he life. didn't necessarily care for, right. having to go downtown. You know what I mean? That kind of shit sort of rubbed in the wrong way, and having to do it because you got a family. Yeah, you know, there's, yeah. Th- there was not. He didn't come from a generation of, I'm gonna fucking skip out on this. Nobody uh, did then. It's like you stuck it out and you did a job you might not like because you need to put money on the table. And I think at the end of it all, he looked back and he actually did enjoy the actual work that he did. Mm-hmm. He liked being a magazine editor. He didn't mind. That was like a fun job for him. I just think he was surrounded by, as a lot of us are. Fucking idiots. Right. And I think you have to 
you know, at, and this is the this is the idea of the human evolution. Every generation gets better and better, uh, and then you kind of look through that, and you don't necessarily focus on it, and you don't focus on the how am I going to pay my bills and what am I going to do. It's the focus is like I'm enjoying what I'm doing, and if I tr if I work hard enough and I can you know you know do this much road work and get this book something, and yeah, it is a roll of a dice. Like I'm always like I'm down to nothing if I can if I can just book something. If I just book, and then a lot of times I do. You know, and yeah. a lot of times I got to I got to ask for help. You know what I mean? But mm -hmm. but more often than not, something comes through at the last minute and I'm like, holy shit, that saved my life. And then it also keeps you hanging on like, well, I was good enough to book that. Why can't I book the next thing? Right. Right. But I yeah. think it's got to like it. Early on for me, I was fortunate of the fact that when I struggled a little bit, you know, my family was there to help me out, sure. you know, both, you know, mentally and, you know, financially. Not a lot, but enough to just get me going. Sure. But I think the big change for me was I remember having a conversation with my sister once, and she was like, you know, I don't know why you worry so much. She's like, it's always, it always seems to work out for you anyway, so don't sweat it. And, that, like, literally that was it. It was like, a th for her, it was probably a throwaway line. Yeah, she called you an but even Steven. for me, <coughs> it was just like, dude, it, it don't, if, you, if that's all your focus is, and, it, and it, there is a truth, and the only other thing that I carry with me, I carry that with me all the time so I don't panic too much. And another good friend of mine, he... he, he Basically, bakes, breaks it down to him. He's like, every day, wake up and say to yourself, Can, I'm just going to be a good person today. Yeah. And Boom. if you start there, Boom. things will Boom. take care of itself. He's like, yeah. just, be, just start with saying to yourself, will you be a good person today? Wake up and be glad you woke up. Yeah. Because there's a million people not waking they, up. Yeah, yeah. They're not waking up. Be glad you woke up. Be grateful for it. And then what can you do? To not be a huge asshole yeah. all day. Like, what can you do? The rest takes care of itself. It's the rest right. will take care of itself. I still work. I still work hard. I still try doing my things. You're doing your things. You're doing your things. No, and I've then, stopped. I'm just and a on good many of those now. days, <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then begin. Well, it usually has to do with marijuana. The sticks. <laughs> the, uh, the marijuana the sticks. sticks. But you have to. You have to keep reminding yourself. And you. You said it early on. It's like, yeah. First they say you're in, and then you sit around for fucking eight months. Mm -hmm. It's like. Welcome to how shit works. Yeah. Right, but I didn't sit around. I went to no, acting you, classes. No, I'm saying, I didn't like, sit around. No, no, right. but oh, idle yeah. time, idle time is the killer. Yeah. What are you doing with the idle time? You have this great meeting, like you're talking about, like, or like comedy. There's this, like, this immediate spike, right? Mm -hmm. It's like almost like an insulin spike, right? Yeah. And then there's the days afterwards where people are just doing other shit right now. Mm -hmm. And you can't take that personally. Yeah. What you're, are you doing with that time? You, right. That's that's 100% accurate. When I first started, it was like, I just, I'm into this because I can drink beers at, on the weeknights. I can tell fart jokes. I can hit on chicks. And then I can, that's it. I, I'm a comic. Look at me. I'm a comic. And then you're like, when you don't, you, you know, those spikes in, in, in your feelings and everything, ups and downs and all the rejection and trying to stay level-headed, you just like, oh, yeah, no. I, you find other ways, like, when I come home and I'm still amped about a show, I immediately look at all my new jokes and see if I can write something right then. Like, Oh, no, me I, too. I do my that too. But I didn't used to do that. I used uh, to come home and get blacked out and watch TV. Oh, you know I never I mean? did that. So anyway, I guess we should wrap this up. Yeah. But we're just saying what you do with your time in between. Like, if you're a comic... Uh, most likely you have another job. You have yeah. to work, whether it's in production, whether it's in you're a waiter, whether you're a bartender, whatever. So it's a, it's finding a balance of when you can work on what you want to do. So it's important that you write. It's important you write jokes. It's important that you write. Even if it sucks, you got to write it just so you can figure out if it sucks. Yeah, like, and figure and make it better. And make it better and see what you can add and take away and cut the fat and all that shit. But, like, you, just, you know, you can't use... 
your regular life is an excuse to not create art. You have to still go to your job, but then put aside, like, I got a reminder on my phone, like, write at least an hour a day. At least. Do you know what I do? Uh, this might help you. Do you guys heard of the Pomodoro method? Uh-uh. It, Pomodoro means tomato. Is that a hairdo? No. Oh, that's a pompadour. No, that's a pompadour. No, tornado method doesn't oh, work. There is that method. It does not that's work. That's like tomato. Oh, oh, it is a tomato. It's oh. a tomato in Italian. It's named after the tomato timers, and I have the app on my phone. And this guy said, you can only focus for 25 minutes at a time, and then you got to get up and walk away for five minutes. So what I do is I write down, I'm going to do two pomodoros of writing. And I'm going to do one Pomodoro of updating my YouTube channel. I'm going to do one Pomodoro of this. And I break out my day. 25-minute increments. So yeah. Pomodoro is 25 minutes. Yes. And then the app times it. And then it goes, okay, it's time for your break. You get a 10-minute break. And I get up and walk away. And I stretch. Or I pet the dog. Or I go on a walk around the block. Or I do something else. And then it's like, okay, but, 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 time to get back to work. And I'm like, great. Now I'm just going to focus for 25 minutes on this thing. How's that working? You like it? It works great. Yeah. Because my mind is all over the place, and I'll start sending an email, and then realize I never sent the fucking email. Never sent, pr- never sent print, or never sent send, and never pressed send, and then you like got half written things over here, and you got something going on in the kitchen. And yep. Like, I, I can get like that too. I, I tend to like be able to rein it in and be like, okay, dude, focus on one thing. I can't but, do it unless I use my Pomodoro. But man. I, 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 without even really thinking about it, I kind of work in. 20 to half hour increments anyway. Like, so John Adaros. I'm a John Adaro. <laughs> I, I write, I'm Pinky Tuscadero. I'm, uh, and we just dated ourselves we, on a show. We, we, show. we jumped the shark of a show that jumped the shark and made the same <laughs> jump the shark. Um, but I, I just feel like I, after a half hour, I got to like kind of stretch and, and kind of like get, get refocused or whatever and then yeah. come back and I just, it, it works better. But but it is what you do with your idle time. And, and even if, you know, I don't want to say like you can't watch TV, you can't watch, because that's a huge part of what we, what we, we have do. To. Like, you have to. Like I write that shit off of my, or I used to write it off of my taxes, like my cable and everything. No, I watch it. I watch a lot of things on Netflix, Hulu, everything else. It's I watch impo- it. It's important to kind of see what's yeah. out there. And I don't watch as much stand up as I probably should, but I watch enough of it, you know, to kind of be like, oh, well, that was really good or that was really shitty. Yeah. You know, so. I watch a lot of stand up. I like, I like going to clubs and just watching. I like, I, depending I prefer, on the lineup. I, depending on the lineup, but I prefer it live. Yeah, I prefer it live. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, d- I did like Wanda's special very, very much. Uh, Wanda, well, I got yeah. to watch her develop it. Oh, nice. Because she does guest spots at Akbar on Tuesday nights on that drunk on stage show that they do. Oh, yeah. And she'll just pop in and go, I need to work out stuff on my special. And she'll do it. And I just, it was so cool to see the finished product on Netflix. Yeah. He, like, uh, Brian watched Gary Shandling come in, like, night after night at the Comedy Magic Club and start with, like, almost nothing and bomb and eat his own dick on stage with a notebook. And then by the end of the week, by the end of the weekend, it was like, Assassin with all of those Loved jokes. Wow. Like he wrote on stage, and the people knew that that's what he was doing. And they were like, oh, okay, it's not good yet, but fuck, hang on, it'll get good, you know? Wow. There's, there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of that kind of work it out on stage because that's where you're comfortable and that's where it's going to feel the most natural once you get it to sure. where you need it to be. Yeah, I watched Chris Rock do it at the Comedy Store too when he was Dude, ready for I used the to Academy watch that. Awards. He's so oh, fucking funny. For the Academy Awards, but even before that, he would. I would remember he went on stage and I was like, oh my God, Chris Rock. And he was like, he. it was the first time I ever saw him live and he, like, he said something and didn't get a laugh and he goes, hmm, okay. And then he like leans over his stool and he just crosses something out. He goes, yeah. we're done with that one. And then like, I was like, Oh my God, he's testing. I I'd never seen. This was years and years. This was two thousand maybe, but I'd never seen a comedian at that point in my life w- like 
I thought you just went on stage with your A game all the time. Yeah. I never saw famous people still write stuff and have to suffer on stage and really get yeah. it right. It's, it's refreshing though. It's yeah. refreshing in a way to know that it's okay that I do it still. Yeah. If Chris Rock is okay with it, if Jerry Seinfeld still kind of like forgets jokes here and there that he's yeah. writing, like it just puts it a little bit it's in more so perspective. It's so funny. I remember I was running the belly room back in the day and my parents were in town. We had just finished a show. And the way the comedy store is laid out, as you know, the belly room's upstairs, and there's this long hallway, and it goes past the back door of the main room, and then it goes past the back door of the uh, OR. And I remember as they're walking, Chris Rock just walks out right in front of my parents, looks at them, and goes, hi, how are you guys? And they're like, yep. <laughs> and then he walked away, and I was like, you know who that is? They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really like, funny. He's just so like, nice. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, super polite guy. And, but it's just... That's the the beauty of a situation like that is they were in the thick of it and that's how comedy really works that way. People just walk right Dude. past you. Especially at that you place. Kinda, yeah. And, and you just, you know, for us, I still try not to get used to it because I, I never want to lose that fascination Right. With what drove me here, I, I don't think it's a sign of weakness to still be fascinated by people. No, that dude, have, it's awesome. No, it's awesome. Yeah. Well, but some people try to pretend like I would lose I'm my shit if anymore. I saw I'm, Brad I'm with you. Yeah. Well, uh, the the at the comedy store, I took my mom when my mom and my aunt were in town. We were doing a punked with, we punked Frankie Muniz, and they were on the patio in the background. And then they came to Sam Tripoli had a showcase at the comedy store, and I was like, oh, let's go see my buddy Sam's showcase. And we were sitting in the back. And Sam went on and killed. My mom was dying. She still quotes his post office joke to this day. And uh, and then they were like, you know, it's my mom and my aunt. They're getting tired. It's getting late. And I was like, maybe we should get out of here. And I went to go say bye to Sam. And he goes, oh, you should hang out for a couple more minutes. And I go, okay. And I went back and I sat down. I go, we're going to hang out for a couple more And my mom goes, is that Chris Rock? And then he literally walked <laughs> right by us, right up onto stage, got up on stage. And that's where I saw him try out. I was like, holy shit, that is Chris Rock. I was like, whoa. And that was like, at that point. The comedy store wasn't necessarily like that all the time. No. So, which it is now. Like, now you're like, it, that, that, you would, yeah, I, we, just would not shock there. me everybody's that Brad there. Pitt goes up on stage and does stand up at the main room. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, totally. That would not surprise me at all. But, but like, back then it was like, oh, fuck, that's Chris. And Chris Rock, like, his special role with the new uh, so Bring the Pain. Good. I remember being, watching that in college. It, fuck, tears, crying. Yeah. No, no, his, so his stand up comedy hard. specials are I mean, historic. I mean, yeah, they're really stuff. good. So they're really fucking good. good. They're really good. They were still selling albums. That would be a top album of all time. I have yep. that album. I ju- roll with the new. I have the album. You know really? Saying, yes. Like, yeah. Yeah. Not yeah. the way like a Steve Barton album or yeah. George Carlin album. Right. Or, uh, right I'm putting all my CDs in iTunes. That tallest stack album. over there. That tallest stack is all stand up. Yeah. Oh wow. David Cross, Todd Berry, Bill Hicks, Richard Pryor, George Carlin, yeah. Lenny Bruce, David Cro- Cross, Pat Oswalt, uh, Patton. Yeah. Oh, they're all there's so the funny. early the but early David, David Cross, Cross makes stuff. Me pee my pants. There's some really funny on the early stuff about him going to the Atlanta Festival of Lights, and he goes just a dumb hick and he's like hey which way is this is this the line for the tickets of the beer and the guy goes i don't know faggot and he goes what i don't know faggot i'm just asking a question i can see if i walked up to this guy and i had like 30 dicks in my mouth but that's not what it was just very funny that's why you should stay off tiktok but boom oh fuck tiktok 
TikTok, not a breath mint for your cock. <laughs> uh, Sharon, thank you so much for doing the yeah. show. Oh, you my got, God. Thanks uh, for having me. You got big shows coming up. You got anything you want to plug? You got? She uh, did. She plugged her new show that's well, going to be a hit. Oh, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Okay, I, never mind. Plug, it's not going to be a hit. No, it might. Crossed. No, don't say that. Fingers it's uh, going to be a hit. I want to plug my web series. Oh, yeah. yes. I have a web series called Bob and Donna, and it's oh, about yeah. a middle-aged couple from Detroit, Michigan. Very funny. They travel around the country, but nothing's as good as Detroit, and that's the whole conceit of is Everything is uh, pales in comparison. Yeah, everything pales in comparison. Nothing's as good as eating at Olga's. So I, it's, <laughs> if you go to at Bob underscore and underscore Donna, and we upload new content every Tuesday and Thursday. Oh, so I love it. And um, Who's Bob? My friend Randy. He lives Randy. in New York. He's oh. a promos producer for CBS. He's not even an actor. How do you guys do the... Are you? We just pick a city and we meet there. Do you literally go to other cities? Yeah. Oh, you're oh such a go-getter. wait. Oh, I thought. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought no, she's you not were... making up the cities. No, no, in no, LA. no, no. We we go to cities. So like w- the first season we did in New York because we were depressed when Trump won. We were like, we got to make something. And Randy's like, I have these wigs. And so we. <laughs> <laughs> it all it starts, all starts with, with I have and these so wigs. So it begins. All, yeah, I have these wigs. So we were like, okay, let's do it. And then um and then we were like, let's do a second season. And he came to L. A. And we did a season in L. A. And they were like, where can we go next? And we're like, let's meet in. Vegas. So we meet in Vegas, shot a season there, and then next we were like, where do we have a friend where we can stay for there free? There you go, that's what you San do. Francisco, let's go to San Francisco. Okay. We just use our miles. Okay. I mean, I drove to Vegas, but I used miles to get to San Francisco. Oh, that's good. Smart, smart. Yeah. We, I mean, you. it's it's totally fun for us. Labor of love. We all go, well, we tried. Randy and I are like, we don't know why it hasn't caught on yet, but we've tried. We have diehard fans. Yeah, I bet. Most of them are teenagers because we're ba- we're making fun of their parents. Yeah, you're, you're a mockery of everything they look at on the way to school, when they get home, on yeah. the weekends. They're like, God, my parents are fucking idiots. Like and then it's guys. us, right? And then we created our kids, our Jasper and Darlene. <laughs> Fucking Jasper! <laughs> I know we gave them stupid names, and we just made Darlene. She just decided to come out as non-binary. Oh. It's just so stupid. But we just—it's stupid. It's really stupid and fun. But you love doing it. I love and doing in it in the space of when you're making a paycheck to live and doing stand-up, and then this is creating your own content. This right. Is a, this is a way to sort of. One, keep your brain sharp, keep writing, keep funny, keep current, keep on top of your shit. Uh, and then when something does happen, when they're like, hey, we really like this thing you wrote. Do you have anything else? You can go, yeah, I got this fucking web series. I got this. I got this. Totally. Got you this. have to have all those things. Yeah. I think that's one of the reasons that I got my option at MGM because they were like, well, what else do you have? And you kept saying. Yeah. And they were like, okay, great. Well, where do we send paperwork? Yeah. And that's how it ended. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... But I mean, you just have to have so many things. But that's it. So I, so everybody, please watch Bob and Donna. It's yes. so funny. Yes. It's Where do they really go for funny. that? Is it uh, on Instagram at Bob underscore and underscore Donna, and on YouTube it's Bob and Donna. So uh, you can find us on Bob and Donna. We have a unique YouTube channel name, so you can watch them on YouTube. You can watch on Instagram. Um, what? Oh, and I teach podcasting, and I do it on Zoom, so you can take it from anywhere. Ooh. So if you want to learn how to be a podcaster, I can teach you in one day. And I'm not even joking. Twenty podcasts have launched. Wow. So, yeah, and I used to. I can't only tell teach if it. that's good or if you're doing Satan's work at this point. You know what? <laughs> It's, it's all 20, 20 more fucking podcasts. That I listen to, but they're all women and they're all like women of color or women that are like, it, they're really good podcasts. Point of view. Satan's well, actually, work it is. It is. <laughs> One of them's a great travel and points podcast that I love that's like, it's, I've learned how to use travel and points and my credit rating's gone up because I listen to this podcast. It's called Get to the Point so Podcast. So when you Ooh. teach a podcast, the first thing you say is like, first, we need to get a jingle. 
<laughs> no, it all don't. starts with a jingle that it describes what the show is in the jingle. It should say, and it just so happens for whatever I also about. write jingles. Right. You have to find a jingle from me. <laughs> right. And you need to get headshots, new ones. I also take. I'm also a photographer. Yes, <laughs> and you need to learn. Uh, you need to learn. Uh, what is it? Dreamweaver. So you can have really good art. You need, you need to learn oh, fucking... A, yeah, you have to be proficient in Photoshop, which yeah. I also teach. Actually, <laughs> I don't. I'm, I'm learning Lightroom and Photoshop now, how to make oh. carousels. Oh, I don't carousels. even know what that means. It's where it's like one long picture, but you have to go like this to see the whole picture. You have to swipe. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just oh. made my first carousel this week, and it's a real pain in the ass. You're into swiping. You're yeah. Into well, I mean, it keeps people. It keeps your people engaged on your fucking Instagram. All right, listen. So that so if so if you're interested in that, go to at Podcast Workshops on Instagram, and you can find out more. And then um, come see me if you go to my website, IamSharonHouston.com, and go to shows. You'll see where I'm performing. There it is. See, that's the way to do it. Text me all those links, and we'll add them into the yeah. things too. Oh, Oh my so God! Fabulous! Just Thank so you. They're on the post when we put it out, you know. By the way, so, I, I because we're wrapping up, I have to go get my kids, and he one of them said, "Can you come get me?" And I typed it wrong, and I just said, "I'm Hollywood." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he wrote back, "Yeah, yeah, whatever, <laughs> old man." He says, "What shirt my dad is?" He's just showing his me? friends. Nah. Did he text I'm text Hollywood. Back yet? Hollywood <laughs> doesn't come get people. Okay, <laughs> people come to Hollywood. <laughs> dad, I'm fucking eleven. Are you getting over here or not? <laughs> That is hilarious. I'm Hollywood. Tell him to get on a fucking bird. First of all, you should. I hope next time Natalie, hey, can you pick up milk? Mm, I'm Hollywood. I'm Hollywood. (laughs) Yeah, Hollywood. You want your balls reattached (laughs) when you get home? Pick up the fucking milk. Oh, that's Uh, funny. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Uh, This is awesome. Thank you for doing it. We really appreciate it. Uh, Check out all the links she mentioned. You see them on the post. They'll be in there. and guys, stay busy, stay motivated, stay out there, stay doing it. Go to libraries, read a book. Dude, yeah, or get the Libby app. You can rent books on your phone. That's what I do. Okay, so there you go. Immediately, don't making sure people don't go to places. Don't anymore. go anywhere. Let's <laughs> stay home. Be stay positive home. inside. Just kidding. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Hollywood Anonymous. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Hollywood Anani. That is short for Hollywood Anonymous. You can also follow John individually at John Huck and myself, Brian Irwin, at Brian Irwin on Twitter as well. Both of us can be found on Facebook. You can also Google us and contact us directly, HollywoodAnonymousGuys at gmail.com. Thank you again so much for listening, and please don't forget to subscribe. 